Hey, yo, say hello to the back Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, PPP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The gold, gold Central. The world is listening. This is Ashley, and my co-host, who is joining me now, as ever, is Randy. Randy, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good this week. The countdown to my birthday continues on until it does happen, then it'll already be my birthday, or, well, most likely past it. Nah, fuck, most likely it will be past it. But other than that, same as usual, it's getting colder here in El Paso, um... I don't know what else to really put. Yeah, it's the, ca- it's the countdown to Boozer Mania. 
Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Boozerman is going to run wild in uh, Randy's internal organs. He's yeah, gonna more than he's likely. Gonna, he's going to bleed Jägermeier. <laughs> or Yingling. Mm, the hell they probably do. won't. Probably won't want to mess with too much of the liquor. That's just a personal thing. Probably more beer, but not that it helps either way <laughs> if it comes out. Anyway, it's time to, as ever, look at the news first. And we'll start with something which I did promise, I think, over a couple of weeks back or last week. Uh, and that's looking at the PWI Female 50 which we already said the last time because it got revealed early that Gail Kim is number one. In, with number one on the list. But we're now going to go... Um, we're looking through the list now, both me and Randy, and I'm, I'm kind of saddened to see that Paige is at only number 30. Yeah, I am to an extent. Like, I really... I should say she should be higher, but it's, but she's uh, the developmental, like she was really starting, not that it necessarily hurts her because she's still in the WWE and still has done a lot, even in FCW now, NXT, and, it, and especially if you see NXT, she's really over with the crowd, like super, super over it. I think she's a heel or face, it kind of splits, but it doesn't really matter. The fact I don't like the the thing that I don't like about this is she's above Kelly. She's below Kelly Kelly. Sorry, Kelly Kelly is twenty third. Um, let me see. From the year to year, was she? Yeah, wasn't she? Cha- yeah, Kelly was champ for a little bit. So that kind of places her. It isn't necessarily right. It's one of those that's hard with those lists. Do you place on what they've done or how they are ability wise? Yeah. And it's one of those where you always have to wonder where to straddle that line. And especially with one like Kelly Kelly, who doesn't really have many supporters on the wrestling side of things. Looks-wise, that's pretty much the opposite. <laughs> right, well, it depends on your taste. Yeah. But, yeah. But e- either way, yeah, she had a decent year for herself, even though many people dreaded the, the sight of seeing her wrestle every night, every Monday night. And... And every and one Sunday a month, so well, there's that there. And then Taylor Hendricks at 38, the girl that got through with the uh, gut check on TNA. Yes, and has not been seen since then. Also <laughs> had a really hard hitting match back at Shine Two with another former knockout, Sojo Bolt and Heidi Lovelace. Yeah, that was her name. Very a very hard hitting match, and I actually do mean that one to actually. Check out from Shine too. Trying to see whether both members of uh, Regeneration X made it in. Um, Leva Bates is forty nine. No sign of Alison Danger. Yeah, Alison Danger has been not as active as she was, but still probably one of the top women's wrestlers you do have out there. Have Veda Scott at fifty, the uh, interviewer for Ring of Honor. Uh, Amber O'Neill, who uh, recently made an appearance at uh, uh, the Jakar October show, I believe, Deep Crimes, I hope I did get the name wrong, or was it uh, Zodiac Crimes, I think it was, it was yeah. in the Zodiac Crimes. Uh, she appeared on that, uh, Marty Bells in WSU, Lexis, I've heard about, Brittany Force, I've heard that name before, 
heard she's pretty good. Alicia, yeah, I've heard. She, was it Alicia or Amber? Was the? And I think it was Alicia was the one that sucked that we saw from WSU <laughs> from my Ultimate Universe host friend uh another member of the midwest militia allison k ak-47 who's been making some waves lately and carrie bohm yes another mid the other midwest militia member along with course number three yeah no excuse me number three number five on the list jessica havoc yeah for some of the people that oh sorry uh for some of the people that you know aren't aware of some of the Trying to look quite a few of the men quite a few of the people that are in Shimmer and all that, which we'll be talking about later, are pretty high on the list, but for those people that are just interested, where's TNA and WWE? By the looks of it, the lowest TNA, if you don't count Taylor Hendricks, considering you haven't seen her since, is Alicia Fox. At thirty six. Then Rosita's at thirty three, but then I guess that's because she hasn't done a lot. Yeah, and then well, yeah, and it's also, you also have to look at the time frame that yeah. this is ranked by, which I think that, yeah, they made clear this was from their, the period of September 1st, 2011 through August 30th, 2012. Now, I'm probably not sure Kelly had the belt then, now thinking about it, because she, or did she, yeah, she lost it at Night of Champions, I believe, because it was, Beth won it in Buffalo. Yeah. Maybe Kelly was, Kelly was involved with the match with Maria Manumanumana. Oh, yes, the celebrity match. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. A bit of a high-profile. She was still a high-profile name until she took a break and then came back for another match, and then she was gone. Trying to see what Angelina Love at 31, Sarita at 27, Eve Torres at 22, ODB at 21, Tamina yeah. at 19. For a, um, yeah, because she did have, she was getting shown on TV a lot more, especially she was, they really put her up as a contender to Beth Phoenix. And then she kind of went back into the same spot that she was at, kind of, I wouldn't necessarily say a jobber so much, just she kind of, she shows up on both, she's kind of like, I don't know who would be a superstar equivalent, like somebody who shows up on both shows, but they're kind of, Treat it the same, both. <laughs> yeah, I'd say like what Tyson Kidd. Yeah, like Tyson Kidd. I'd say. Then uh, Winter in eighteenth. That's interesting. Actually, she did, she did get the title, didn't she? Um, during that time, I she got that turning. She point. did. Yeah, I forgot about. Yeah, that Winter had the belt for a time. So it's sad how like the knockouts kind of like come and go like that and even with a lot of the talent they've had it makes it even more <laughs> makes it even look more yeah. statistic or look just makes, really yeah. value yeah like just yeah um let me see Mickey at 16 we got Madison yeah Mickey's Madison been yeah Mickey too. at 16 that's a bit mm. have you noticed that like Miss Tessmacher and has been like the only really knockout that's been on a consistent basis on impact. Yeah. She's really kind of the only one. And she's held the belt for a little, uh, uh, she hasn't yet. Well, she had held the belt, <laughs> but yeah, she had really been 
on TV for a while because the feud with Gail, and then she always seemed to be there. Well, it's not that you don't necessarily see the other knockouts. I just really noticed that Tess Mocker was there, especially for that period of time, due to her having been the knockouts champ. Oh, I'm just fearing that Velvet Scar is going to be part of the Aces tonight. Hmm. If Devon can be in there because he got screwed out of a job, <clears throat> then so can Velvet. But anyway, yeah, Velvet's at 14. Yeah, Jazz. Winter had the. Sorry to cut you out there. Winter had the belt at the beginning of the. At yeah. the beginning of the start of that, so. Jazz 13, Natalia 12. Yeah, uh, the Divas Domination. Oh, yes, Haley Hatred from uh, Wrestling in Japan now. Uh, American Joshi there who's, yeah, she's a big deal there. And she's pretty good. And she's been, she made a few appearances here in the spring, I think was, had an extended stay here. But yeah, the first female to hold the JWP Openweight Championship ever. Or not the first female, the first American uh, Joshi to have won that title. In its illustrious history. And yeah. she's just the dominant force there. So yeah. check out too. And there's a match when I was watching straight out of Compton, her against John Thorne, and apparently they had a blood feud back in AIW and <laughs> it shows the same here. And then I remember reading on the wrestling blog how the he talked about how the match started his review of it, how the match started off with John Thorne kicking Haley Hatred in the boobs, so it's like <laughs> You know it's a fucking war. Yeah, you get a tick kick and it's on. Uh, and then the top ten, we got Tara at ten, which is probably fair because she was in the hunt building up to getting the title at Bound for Glory when she did, so that's probably yeah. fair. Yeah, especially now that she has the belt now uh-huh. that really solidifies her claim. <clears throat> Mercedes Martinez at number nine. Yeah, she was still WSU champion up until earlier this year, and then won it back at, I think it was Uncensored, yeah, Uncensored Rumble, and then lost it back the same night back to Jessica Avig's been, and still kept, uh, and her heel turn recently in Shimmer has been opening a lot of eyes, or especially in Shine, if you've seen some of the stuff she's done there, too. Like, dis- uh, disrespecting Jazz, disrespecting the Legends, um... And then also on Shine 4 is all reveal later or whatever. Just, her just general disrespect. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Uh, Soraya Knight is at number 8. Yes, I'd say uh, besides Jessica Havoc and probably more this in terms of crowd heat, the most overheel women's wrestler in the indies today. And I'd say even in with Sans Vicky Guerrero in terms of women in general, not that I should necessarily generalize it, but Soraya Knight gets heat is what I'm trying to say. She's yeah. and she's not you, afraid. You to think Vicky gets heat? You haven't seen a Soraya match. <laughs> yeah, just imagine Vicky did could slap slap you back and beat you up. This is Soraya Knight, <laughs> and who's looking to pick a fight with the crowd more often than not. So, yeah, uh, number seven, Miss Tessmacher, which I yeah. guess makes sense, but I would it's probably put her. I'd put her below Soraya. Um, yeah, I could see that. I can argue with that. Because Soraya, yeah, she had just won the belt around... Yeah, it would have been just in the middle around this period. But I, you can go back and forth. Miss Tessmacher had the belt, too, as, we, as I just mentioned. So, 
You can flip flop. I wouldn't mind. And Layla right. at number six as Layla at number six as well. Yeah, this Layla one's interesting because she didn't really come back till early this year or back yeah, till April. Uh, Extreme Rules, yeah, exactly. Yeah. April. Only four months out of it, which sucks because she pro- pro- probably would have been on this list had she not been out for that extended period of time. With uh, I believe it was an ACL injury, ACL and MCL, uh-huh. but a general leg injury. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, that one's kind of hard to. Mm, I'd probably, if she did deserve the top ten, I'd probably put her at ten. Yeah, I think she'd be lower. She doesn't deserve to be that high in the. But I think overall, it's a strong top ten because the the top five, I think you could pick any one of the five to be a contender for number one. I mean, we got Gail Kim at number one, the recently departed Beth Phoenix at number two. Cheerleader Melissa, who is WSU champ? No, former Shimmer champ. I don't think she's ever wrestled in WSU. Former Shimmer okay. champion. Okay. No, Jessica Havoc is WSU. Yes, WSU champ. Yeah. There we go. And number, and number four, the trainer now at WWE, Sarah Del Rey. Yeah. So, in essence, that's a pretty strong top five to look over the... Over, over the course of the last 12 months or so, but looking at it now, we know Beth isn't going to be in it next year. Yeah, she's pretty much she's pretty much done with wrestling. As it this right, Gail, this right, Gail Kim won't even be in the top 10 because she won't have even wrestled for TNA. She probably won't even be in the top 25. I don't think she'll even be in the top first half unless she comes back. Yeah, a lot of these TNA ones kind of flip and flop. I'd, I could see Tess Mocker and Tara. Those are really like the only two that have had a dominant stay. Like we've thought Mickey James was going to turn heel. The Velvet Sky has been is either in with them or out with them. You never know, especially with what happened with Devon, even though there might it might be something with the WWE thing. A lot of these like people that have left for TNA, there's been a lot of mystery kind of surrounding a lot of them. Especially yeah. with that lawsuit, Matt Morgan being a huge one, or I think even one bigger that we all know about with Ric Flair, but who I think the lawsuit is specifically pertaining to is one of them. Oh, so what about Kenny King? Oh yeah, Kenny King hasn't been on TV for. Uh, apparently, he's supposed to. I don't know what he should do. They. I remember reading an article about it. And he posted on Twitter how he still make. He was saying, and not in my, and not in the exact words, of course, but how he was still making money, and that, that you know, or that he, his, he was still making money in the bank of bank. Uh, it's probably better if you read it, but nonetheless, he said he was coming back in some way. He's he's not gone. I wonder with him saying I'm making plenty of money, some kind of code for millions of dollars. I wonder. Possibly He's be the third member of Team. What the hell are you on about dancing for? primetime players although he would be the most charismatic he could Kenny King does have well at least better well I wouldn't say their mic skills are that bad but considering they had AW it really makes them look you know what I call that domination <laughs> yeah <laughs> O'Neal, O'Neal's wasn't too bad Young is kind of eh, but O'Neal not too bad but yeah AW 
<laughs> saying the wrong shit really hurt them. Especially because yeah. they were most likely, they would have been possibly where Team Hell knows at. Or they might have had Team Hell no, or whatever. Can't speculate too much on that, no. Yeah. Now, uh, following up from last week, when we talked about the NWA title situation, turns out NWA have solved that within a week. Because at their event that they had last Friday, I think? Yeah, last Friday in New Jersey at the NWA Dog. Apparently, Trey has got his own promotion. Oh, shit, he does? Oh, it's, it's, it's spelled D-A-W-G. So, Velvet Sky's the Divas champ? <laughs> but uh, they had a nine-man elimination match to decide who would be the new NWA champ. Lance Anawati, Biggie Biggs, Papadon, Tony Nese, Lance Erickson, Justin Kincaid... Chance Prophet and Damian Wayne were all in the match, but were all unsuccessful as your new NWA, NWA World Heavyweight Champion is the Tokyo Monster Kahagas. I think Kahagas. Kahagas, okay. Is Kahagas a good talent, in your opinion, Randy? Um, I've only seen maybe a... I know I've seen one match of his back at... Evolve 14, I believe it was, when they uh, when they did a double header for that pay-per-view, and it was him going up against Bruce Santee for a couple of uh, unification match for, for uh, I think it was like NWA Florida title or uh, Fl- regional Florida NWA titles that meant something. Yeah. Sorry to put it like that. But <laughs> there's that, and um, yeah, uh, he looked all right. I've probably maybe seen other matches before but that's i have really nothing to base it from he's his name has gone around a lot kind of outside of the even the indie indies which is weird because nwa is still like part of the indies but in a way i feel like they're even out of what like your modern indie is now which you're where roh well maybe not even our list cards ecw aiw pwg acw places like that uh-huh um, now we're jumping over to Japan because this weekend at 3 in the morning Eastern so those of you that are desperate just get a stream of it afterwards New Japan Pro Wrestling has got its second eye pay-per-view and the, the, the last one that they had uh, was it a month back? Yeah, uh, King of Pro Wrestling back on October 8th, which is a really good yeah. show. Very good, yeah. Pretty decent show. Try and catch the... Uh, I, you know, I would say try and catch this live, but the fact is it's $25 and it's at 3 in the morning. So most people with sense are going to catch some kind of replay of it. Yeah, the best thing with this is you'll catch a New Japan show in a relatively short time when it usually takes kind of a couple months sometimes for shows to get over here. Unless yeah. you know the right sites or actually live in Japan or something of that sort. Or both. If you know the right sites and live in Japan, you're a double cover. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, quick run through the card here. Uh, we won't, we won't do any picks on these because, to be quite honest, I'm not knowledgeable enough about most of this. I probably need to get into it, but... I'm this is probably the on. only one I could do because I'm a slight familiar with New Japan. Yeah. Without. Long Eddie Pro. But we've got the 
IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles with Forever Hooligans Rocky Romero and Alex Kozlov defending against Kushida and Alex Shelley. Should be interesting. The Time Splitters getting another chance at the belt. They had a shot back at back at King of Pro Wrestling, but failed in their quest. I'm guessing this is a fi- just a general five-on-five five tag. We've got Jushin Thunder Liger, Tiger Mask Four, Manabu Yakanishi, Captain New Japan, and Nego Casas taking on Turu Yano, Ta- Takashi Iz- Izuka. Yeah, I think it's Izuka. Yeah. Tomohiro Ishii, Yoshihashi, and Ye- Yado Yado. Uh, J-D-O, Jado. Yeah, Jado and Yado. Yado, one of the... Uh, now I won't pull the curtain. Oh, yeah. that pretty much is what it was. He's, he pulled it, people. Yeah. Well, it wasn't uh, that much. It's just he... I think <laughs> I've heard, like, him and Gato are the bookers. I think uh, I believe they are the bookers in New Japan. Yeah. Yugi Nagata and Ryosuke Taguchi taking on Minoru Suzuki and Taichi. Should be interesting. Okay, I think I can see it now, so I can help you out with it. Yeah, yeah. IW, IWJP tag titles, KES, which is Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer, defending against Tenzan and Saitoshi Kojima. Yeah, the Killer Elite Squad, KES, a part of Suzuki Gun, who just won the belts back at King of Pro Wrestling, defending against the people they beat it from Tenkoji, that being Satoshi Kojima and Hiroyoshi Tenzan. The junior heavyweight title. On the line as well, Loki defending against Prince DeVitt. Oh, this should be an interesting match here. Loki, who uh, also just won the belt back at, uh, um, or won, or regained the belt in this case. Um, what I was, anyway, he, uh, Loki regained the belt from Kota Bushi, the same guy who defeated him for the belt a couple months back, to become IW, the 65th champion of the IWP Junior Heavyweight variety, and Prince Devitt has come to challenge him, and of course Prince Devitt was the one who held the belt when Loki originally had his reign since his return to New Japan. Uh, Togi Makabe and Wataru Inoue taking on Kazushi Sakuraba and Tatsuyori Shibata. Oh, yes, this is an interesting match here. Togi Makabe and Wataru Ino. I believe these were the same. I think this is a rematch from the last one. I believe, yeah, these are the same two that were involved in it. It was Ino. I know Ino was, and I want... Oh, no, I, it was either Nagata or it might have been Makabe in it too. But yeah, Sakuraba and Shibata, who, as Latino mentioned before on a uh, one of his appearances here, actually with us, um, that they were former MMA wrestlers, and I believe Sakuraba at one time was uh, poised to be a big star in New Japan, and then in the match they had at King of Pro Wrestling, very interesting kind of hybrid style that actually worked. Not uh-huh. to sound kind of bitter hipster about it in terms of like <laughs> Puro do it compared to like how it's done here in American promotions, but all this about Joe Angle wasn't too bad from lockdown, but this one was really it was taken as a serious how do I describe it but it's really kind of good how they had the hybrid style considering the background of the Laughter 7 duo playing very good heels too with kind of their attitude just just looking to kill at any time which made the very a dangerous threat uh, we've also got the IWGP Intercontinental title with Shinsuke Nakamura taking on Carl, well defending the title against Carl Anderson 
Noshinga Carl Anderson, who's had a pretty good singles run ever since his former partner, Jayad Bernard, became a fat ass in the WWE again. <laughs> no hate to say it, but yeah, he really hasn't done shit, especially now. And he was taking, such a fat ass, he became a lord. He became a lord. And smacked around and, and smacked around a and smacked around Sakamoto just so he can just so I can remind him of New Japan. <laughs> you know, beating up Japanese. Where would we we would need like the little drum <laughs> after that? Little sound effects, but I think that might be copywriting from other shows that use it. We or no what we need Taka being thrown over the top rope at two <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, Nakamura defending the title here against Anderson maybe Anderson wins the belt who knows and then I, I put in the list that we've got it's oh, okay yeah. this, it, in the list that we've got it isn't in this order but because it has significance to the main event I left Triple it main of it. <laughs> yeah, it's the number one contenders match or as I call it IWGP's money in the bank which is Okada defending his title shot at the Tokyo Dome show in January against Hiroki Goto. This should be an interesting match here. Okada and Goto had a very had a very great encounter back I don't think I've seen this match. I've heard um Hiroki uh, Goto and Okada had a match when Okada was still champ. I believe Okada's third yeah um third defense or third um Actually, second defense, because he only got three of them. Yeah, second defense of the title against Hiroki Goto. Pretty good match there with Okada, of course, getting a victory until he would lose to your eventual champion, or the current champion now, too, Hiroshi Tanahashi. And um, more than likely, this is one of the last stops you have. I think you have maybe a couple more shows, if anything, after this, because January 4th is just two months away. Yeah. Less than two months away for the Tokyo Dome show. Speaking of the title itself, that will also be on the line as well. Defending champion Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Yujiro. Yujiro Takahashi, who just injured his former No Limit partner, Tetsuya Naito, back at King of Pro Wrestling, challenging Tanahashi after he defended the title against Minoru Suzuki back at King of Pro Wrestling. So, um, we'll see what happens here. Yujiro getting a bit of a push here. Uh, and some news quick. on Naito I'm reading is that he's already started to rehabilitate his right knee as he underwent such a surgery at the ACL on October 16th. Yes, I was just... we uh, Sandro sent this news for a oh, okay. weekly email. Yeah, he's uh, probably going to be out for about eight months, so he's, he's trying to come back next June. But I'm guessing even if he's just at ringside watching, he'll probably be at the Tokyo Dome show. Possibly, because I know him and Yujiro are more than likely going to have a rematch when he comes uh, back. I'm, I'm guessing this is why Shelly and Kushida are actually in the, uh, or going for the titles again, because they won the Super Junior Tag Team Tournament. Oh. Actually great. defeating the current champions in the final. Forever hooligans. So, yeah. I like Shelly actually. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, but they're teasing it that way. It's like, they've already beaten now. Can they go one step further and get the belt? Usually, they tend, that tends to happen. Or not always, but I kind of... Usually, they beat them... They beat them in a one-on-one match, and they get a shot at the belt to try to beat them yeah. again. And 
sometimes it works, sometimes it uh, fails, but yeah, it would be interesting to see Shelly become, I believe, a three-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Because if you remember him and Alex, uh, Alex uh, Chris Sabin held the IWGP Junior Tag Belts at one point and actually had them around on imp- on Impact is part also part of the reason why they had no limit on TV there, which was, of course, uh, somebody else, Tetsuya Naito, so, hey, there's somebody you know, Naito and Yujiro, so there we go. And a little bit of Dragon Gate news as well, Scott Reed of the scene will be heading to Japan, will be be staying for the rest of the year and will be a part of the Mad Blanky unit and will make his debut on the TV tapings that happened this past Thursday, apparently. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Dragon Gate Infinity 272, I got to ask my friend Riku about that. That was the last one he said he was going to watch. Yeah. So that's interesting. I wonder if they're going to, not that, because most of the things at DGUSA don't apply in Dragon Gate with really exception to the stables and um, and um, the titles. Because they're, the scene isn't in Dragon Gate. So that's one thing that I'm wondering too, is like the scene going to break up in DGUSA. You know, I kind of just answered that saying it wouldn't, but it probably would, might. So we'll see what that. But Mad Blanky adding another member. So I believe uh, Uha Nate. I don't know if he will come back, but yeah, Uha Nation was there until he got injured back at uh, DGSA Heat. Uh-huh. Another, another thing that I want to promote now. And we'll also mention next week so that people have got enough time to find it. Wrestling is Fun is going to be having another free, uh, free, free purview, as I guess you want to call it. They're basically doing a free stream of wrestling, uh, for Saturday, November 17th. And the card currently up is Ultramantis Black versus Assailant, Yaka versus Granakuma, Quackenbush versus Touchdown for the Banana Championship, apparently. We're actually going to let it happen this time. Then Green Ant taking on Juan Francisco de Coronado, and Saturine versus Icarus, which is an interesting match considering what has already been announced for Shikara. Because I think that match is happening the night after for Shikara's Cibernetico Rises. Mm. Speaking of, uh, it got announced earlier this week that we already talked last week about Kevin Steen's team. Yeah. But it got revealed about the members for Eddie Kingston's team. Except it was the director of fun who I might have to call the director of What the Hell Are You Thinking, Wink Vavaser. The pointy-haired boss. Yes. The tag team partners for Eddie Kingston are going to be all three members of the Spectral Envoy. Okay, this is the first time I'm hearing this, too. Yeah, so we've got okay. this, all three members of the Spectral Envoy. So that yeah, I saw is that one coming. Hallowicked, Ultramantis, and Frightmare, who I think is injured. Is he? I wonder. It might be Crossbones if they do have. Then a, if it would we've be also member. got we've also got three point oh and Granakuma. All right, yeah, that makes sense, especially with the bravados on the other side. And then he went right. 
Who do I need to mix things up and to make sure we get the win? I know. Tim Donst. Oh. So the guy that absolutely hates the shit out of Eddie Kingston is on the same side. And also think about it. Kingston, Donst, and Hallow Wicked on the same team. We've already talked about how Donst sees Hallow Wicked as like Jesus. Yeah, this is going to be... Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Kingston might be in some trouble here, or the Chikara team. Now, with the nature of the Cybernetico, this, will, this might not necessarily matter due to, of course, only one man. Uh, one man being the winner at the end. So that's going to be interesting when if that comes to play. One thing I did wonder, even though I think they're, they probably are waiting for it to happen in Ring of Honor, is what if El Generico was a part of Team <laughs> Kingston? I think El Generico might be busy. That's all I'm saying. We'll get to that. Oh, in a minute, <laughs> we'll get to that. All oh, right, I was wondering, yeah, because yeah, we'll be get to that in a minute. Way. But it's also worth mentioning that it looks like there's going to be yet another Chikara spinoff. Not only is the wrestling is fun, which we've just talked about, but apparently they're setting up shows called Wrestling is Awesome. I don't know. It's not by the Miz. Don't worry. Uh it's thinking that, but the first set of shows are going to apparently be happening on the eighth and the ninth of December. In Ennigsburg Falls, Vermont, and Troy, New York, respectively. The promotion is going to also run shows in the New England and New York areas. And for the first set of shows, they're already announcing that Yaka, Quackenbush, Green Ant, 3.0, Saturine, Dasher Hatfield, Porsche Perez, and Devastation Incorporated will be appearing. Oh, what is it? This is. It's interesting. It's like almost like Quackenbush in a way. It seems like he's starting to branch out with a lot of these promotions, which makes me wonder what is this going to lead to or what? Because he already has Chikara wrestling as fun as been doing stuff every other month, it seems. Or in this case, actually, or every other month. And now wrestling is awesome coming up. It's a bit intriguing, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm guessing we'll get more info from that very soon. But a couple of other stories that I wanted to mention that I noticed. Uh, Kurt Angle has been scammed out of $34,700. Apparently the a man by the name of Wafi Wahide that runs a company called Waba Social promised to make Kurt Angle a fitness app that I guess would go on i.e., you know, the iOS and Android services. And he's taken the money and done nothing about it. And moved, apparently, from California to Denver. <laughs> so they can't track him down. <laughs> so this time, Kurt Angle Damn. is angry and legit angry. Not that his Twitter got hacked. This is legit angry. <laughs> Yeah, regardless of all the scubby things that Angle has done, that damn. Well, then again, you could say that's karma if you really don't like Angle, but 
damn, you just got scammed. You just funny. mentioned two things which I'm going to segue massively to. First thing you mentioned was scummy. Related uh, to that, Linda McMahon has lost. Oh, I thought it was going to be something else. For the Senate, no. It's not West. that, well, you know, politicians in general, but well, no. thinking more. <laughs> Never mind. She lost in her quest for the Senate, but it was interesting that today, uh, oh no, sorry, a few days back, that Roddy Piper made some interesting comments on Twitter saying, so she spends $90 million on a failed campaign, but doesn't use it on giving any benefits to injured or retired wrestlers that made her that money. I, I think Roddy Piper isn't going to be on any WWE. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking that. And this is the first time that he said something and it got him <laughs> on the outs with the E, if you remember the real sports interview that got him fired back in 03. And speaking of karma... Yeah, she's was, coming back. Yes, she's coming back to Florida Underground Wrestling, which is an NWA company she's going to be I think that's who the company was yeah florida underground wrestling i think was who was cross-promoting with evolve yeah but she's going to be teaming up with jazz to take on allison k and taylor made made in sin yeah on the 17th so next week mm-hmm. so what's well, so, okay now i'm trying to wonder where you were going with scummy I was oh honestly I was thinking you were gonna say the Hogan Bubba the Love Sponge, but I think we pretty much just considered Why that. Why bring not that up? At all. We already could eh, true. about that last week. Yeah, it's true. Well, it did come to a logical ending, so I guess we'll just put it at that. Oh no! Yeah. Why did it think you, I just thought when you were saying scum? I was like, there was oh, there no, was that. one thing we can bring up with scum, and that's Ring of Honor. Oh. Uh, Oh, that one too. <laughs> certain things we can talk about and certain things we have to say. Spoiler! To make sure that people that are watching Ring of Honor aren't spoiled. So what we can say... They probably already know, but we won't spoil it. No. What we can say so far, just to make sure that y- you people that want to know what actually has been broadcast and what hasn't, here's the stuff that has. Nigel McGuinness is now in charge He's the on-air authority figure taking over from uh, Cornette. And he has set up the main event for Final Battle, which is December 16th. And it's the Ring of Honor world title between Steen and Generico. Only it's Ladder War 4. And for the first time, it's actually going to be a one-on-one match and not a tag match. Very... The whole thing with this announcement is just very crazy how ROH is, like, really getting things back together in such a hurry since Cornette has been gone. That <laughs> El Generico see- is back. I think they've see- they saw uh, Botchamania with the PWG match with the ladder. <laughs> they're going let's do that 
That's what I was wondering, too, because I know they had the PWG ladder matches, and both companies do tend to do the same matches, mostly because most of the roster is, well, not almost the same, other than your Californians and non-ROH wrestlers, of course. It's mostly Ring of Honor wrestler. (laughs) But this continues the tradition of final battle meaning nothing for any other matches just from... Steen and Generico's matches. Because 09, they were split up at Vinyl Battle. At 10, well, they had... More. 09's probably better remember for that, because a lot of people didn't like the main event between Aries and Black. Mm. 10 saw probably one of the best main events that wasn't even official. Because I still can't believe that top right brain buster. Watch it on the archive, people. <laughs> and Final Battle 11, okay, they had separate matches, but they did have a face-off in the ring. And it all comes full circle again, and they're one-on-one for the title. Now, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Anything you hear after this to the end of the segment is going to be spoilers. So you have been warned. Other matches which have been set up for the Ring of Honor Final Battle card include a triple threat match for the tag titles with Scum taking on the Briscoes and Coleman and Alexander, which seems promising. A grudge match between Roderick Strong and Elgin, which is very tasty to me. The Battle of the Embassy with R.D. Evans taking on Prince Nana. I'm guessing whoever wins actually gets control of the embassy again. Yeah, probably. Oh, they're well. Yeah, both of them can wrestle. One wrestles a lot more than the other does. <laughs> and the other has also, wrestled. Yeah. Yeah, we've also got Jay Lethal versus Rhino. Ooh, that can be an interesting match. And also, Jerry Lynn will be wrestling, but we don't yet know against who. Jerry Lynn making a return to Ring of Honor after uh, it's been about a year I think a year or two since he's been back and uh, this could be Jerry's last match could it? Yeah he's been on I believe a retirement tour this year and I believe he's retiring at the end of this year or next year in the near future not exactly sure of his but I have heard about, yeah, this being one of his last years. I believe his last. I want to say it is his last. Uh, yeah, because I, I wasn't sure whether that. he. I wasn't sure whether he was actually going at the end of the year or going at some other point. But anyway, it's yeah, promising times ahead for indie wrestling. Yeah. Speaking of that, we're going to jump to. A few commercials, and then when we come back, we're going to talk a little of the taping results from a couple of weeks back for Shimmer's events, and then go through the results for last weekend's Dragon Gate cards that they had over the three-day three-day Super October November thing. I don't know. Call it something that's 
I just completely ruined that. But anyway, here we'll see you after the break, people. public service announcement from Wrestling News Live. Reasons not to marry a porn star. Did you hear the news that uh, Tito Ortiz was arrested for domestically abusing his uh, his girlfriend, Jenna Jameson? Well, he probably tried to fuck her. It was like throwing a hot dog down a hallway, and he just said, what the fuck? Where have you been? Slap! <laughs> that reminds me of the quote from Triple H a couple years back when he said, you know, even a 747 looks uh, small flying in the Grand Canyon. I mean, how can you, in all honesty... Be a person not in the porn industry married to a porn star and be okay with it. <laughs> you know what? I'd have a serious problem with that. I mean, let's say she's got an early shoot. She gets up, she washes her pussy and goes to work. <laughs> then you wake up, and while you're eating pancakes, she's fucking somebody else. While you walk to the mailbox to get the mail, she's fucking somebody else. When you come inside and turn on the TV and have a cup of tea, she's fucking somebody else. Then she's having lunch while you're taking a nap in your lazy boy. She comes back from lunch and punches in and starts fucking somebody else. <laughs> then she comes home. You tell the bitch that you want dinner. She makes you something in the microwave and goes to bed. And you're jacking off because she spent all day fucking somebody else. <laughs> you're having tea. She's getting tea bagged. <laughs> oh, I love this show. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by the good folks at Wrestling News Live. Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network and I'll see you at the matches. It's go time! Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. 
That's Headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. What's up, guys and gals? Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you. You can catch myself and Ashley, yes, that is his name, on the open book every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. You'll catch us doing video games, the open book, fantasy, EFET, and movie and entertainment news. So check us out every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at snsradionetwork.com. Come check us out. to the second segment of the whole indie show with Randy and Ashley and it's time to because we would do reviews but the problem is we've got so many shows now coming up that the reviews are probably going to have to go into some sort of separate podcast that will be seven hours long I don't want to have to do that you know some of these we may not be able to review in the future because now that I've come to think of it, Randy, there are a whole load of indie shows, quite literally. Yeah, there's... Here's an idea of what you could possibly have at the plate. We have Shine 4 that's possibly waiting to be reviewed. Did we get... Did I end up... Yeah, I did ZZW Redemption. Yeah. We have the Chikara October shows waiting to get seen and reviewed. I'm almost done with Battle Los Angeles Night 1, so you really will expect that one. Battle Los Angeles Night 2, they announced Failure to mute, Communicate. Got to come out. Shimmer 47 just came out. Uh, we might start doing AAW now. Um, yeah, we have a full plate on the table for reviews. and Plus, wrestling is fun and it's free. Show. Yes, that too. We have the upcoming Chikara iPay-Per-View, or the upcoming Chikara shows, Cybernetico and iPay-Per-View included, ROH's shows, with the DGUSA shows that just came out on the triple shot. Um, ZZW, we only have Cerebral, and then when Night of Infamy comes out, then Cage of Death. There's something that's intriguing me about possible future shows, but I think we'll talk about that off-air, but... I think it, it it might give us something to basically give us cover if we wanted to do, have like a week off for Christmas and New Year. Yeah, we might. That, that's all I'm saying. We might. I might try and work something out, and then it will get released. Probably around then. It's something I'm thinking about. I, I've yet to talk with, with Randy or our producer, but if I can get it to go, it doesn't mean that we do a live show but it means that we do something possibly as live. But I'm leaving it there. So, 
Even now, Randy's going, what the hell are you on about? <laughs> yeah, I do not. I honestly don't know about this either. Pull whatever curtains you want to on this, I don't know, but we will find out what this new venture will be. But we'll, for, aside from that, let's get to results and we'll first talk about, from a few weeks back, the Shimmer tapings, which is four shows in two days. And we started with volume 49 from Berwyn, Illinois. Uh, we had Miss Natural defeating Casey Spinelli with a spinning fisherman's buster. Uh, Yumi Oka defeating Christina Von Erie with a set-out tree slam. Von Erie on... Wow. Kind of surprised to see Von Erie on the losing. So Not really. Getting a bit of momentum, a bit, kind of. A little bit, but yeah, in Shimmer, she's kind of... She's just starting to really get the kind of momentum. But yeah, Yumi Oka really was a big deal. Very stiff, too, and was... When uh, Serena Deep suffered co- her concussion in the match against Yumi Oka... After a very hard kick to the head. And, um... Got Made in Sin as well. They defeated Vida Scott and Shazza McKenzie. Which isn't a surprise, because... To be quite honest, Made in Sin's got quite a bit of momentum behind it. Yeah, uh, making a lot of momentum in Shine. This would be their debut match as a tag team in Shimmer. Which, I guess you could say, yeah, essentially the A-show in terms of their universe. Then uh, Hiroya Matsumoto defeating Sassy Steffi with a burning hammer into a gut buster. Mm. And then our first debut, Ryu Mizumami. She debuted and got a debut win, beating Courtney Rush with a leg drop. But it is worth noting, Courtney Rush used as her entrance music... The final countdown. Oh yes, and the court billed as being from Winning Tez, California. <laughs> yeah, the one thing I that, that those episodes or episodes those show, uh, at least the last the last one has yet to come out yet where they actually win the belts, Sarah Del Rey and Courtney Rush, which would end up the queens of winning as they were called, even though Sarah Del Rey wanted nothing at all to do with <laughs> one Courtney Rush. Although in spirit giving her a tribute that I I more than likely or yeah, Corsair is gonna like it. Corsair Del Rey being the first ever Shimmer women's champion there. And then uh we had Shirley to Melissa defeat Rio O'Reilly with the air raid crash. And ooh, Tomoka Nagakawa take defeating Davina Rose with a fisherman suplex. Nakagawa known for her fisherman suplexes and actually in uh, you'll probably go over it later it has a new finisher involving fisherman suplex or suplexes I should say oh it's more than one yeah well pretty much yeah it says uh, the finisher is called the fisherman express which is three fishermen in a row and then it was Kelly Skater versus Catwoman oh no wait sorry Leather Bates. For the yes. <laughs> Leather Bates. It's genius. And um, yeah, Kelly Skater won with the uh, Skate and Destroy. But interesting as well to note, both women shook hands afterwards. 
The reason why this is noteworthy because Kelly Skater, for although very entertaining for the most part, a heel, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Then we had Marce- Mercedes Martinez with a new shorter haircut, apparently, defeating Mischief by nailing her twice with a steel chair, following followed with a fisherman's bust as blacks after the referee was knocked down. Yeah, um, as I was mentioning before, Mercedes' new attitude and shimmer and shine really sh- proving interesting there. And as I posted she the picture, no you kind of get a picture what the short hair looks like in the pit yeah. that I sent him in there. Although uh, I can probably show you a better one right here. We got Ayako Hamada. She beat the oncoming Storm Calamity with the AP Cross Diamond. Then we also uh, then the Shimmer tag team titles on the line with the Canadian Ninjas successfully defending against Kana and Lufista. Yeah, Kana and Luf. Oh, keep sorry. Go ahead. After hitting, they they won with hitting Lufista with the funky cold Medina. Their super kick, yeah, super kick German suplex combo. That they use as a finisher. Conan Lufisto teaming up after Conan Lufisto's match back at Shimmer Volume. Keep on forgetting the volume. I think it was 44. Yeah, Volume 44. Uh, Conan getting, beating Lufisto there, and then both of them shaking hands afterwards. The only person that Conan has respected since her return. Uh, since her return. Since, her de- since she made her debut in Shimmer. And in the main event, Soraya Knight defended her title successfully against Athena. With a surfboard submission. Yeah, Soraya Knight, for those of you that don't know, at least her wrestling-wise, very old school in her, not just necessarily as a heel, but kind of how she wrestles to very just, will beat you down with just basic submissions. I wouldn't necessarily say a British style so much, although she is British, obviously. (laughs) And she wrestles, but... um, uh, Very... I'm not really... Yeah, I'd say old school style is the best way to describe it. I don't know if there's a better way to describe it. Yeah. So much maybe using a surfboard or like... RVD old, school, old school brawler, yeah, I'd say is kind of like RVD would be proud. Surfboards. Yeah. Well, at least that's what I'm going by with the ECW Hardcore Revolution game for the PS1. <laughs> Use that as a submission every time you're in a submission match. Hmm. <laughs> Then now that so that was that was forty nine. Now we jump to fifty, which was later that same night. Uh, the show started with Miss Natural defeating Vader Scott with the spinning fisherman's buster, and then another debut: uh, Shazza McKenzie beating the debuting Santana Garrett. Mm-hmm. Santana, as she's better, or Santana or Santana Garrett use both names to, or she's been gone under both names under shows I've reviewed. Not to be confused with Garrett Bischoff. Or uh, Carlos <laughs> Santana. <laughs> yeah. The next ones, yeah. <laughs> that one yeah, sucks. Anyway. <laughs> I just put that there because we've basically not seen much from Garrett Bischoff. Okay, he's been around in the last few weeks, but he, he went AWOL for a bit. Yeah, he I don't did. know, but anyway, Sassy Steffi. Tell me he's an aces and eights. Oh, no. Um, oh well. <laughs> Sassy Steffi. Sassy Steffi with Mademoiselle Rochelle 
defeating and debuting Sue Young with the Kiss My Sass. Which is, um, whose fucking move is that? Um, Golden Rule. There we go. Or what did Zack Ryder used to call the move? The, um, was it the Zack? Yeah, the Zack Attack, I think. Zack Attack, yeah. But it is worth noting that that was after Rochelle sprayed perfume in Sue Young's eyes. Yes, Mademoiselle Rochelle, who I believe is supposed to be French or I think speaks something like that. I, she, uh, She's in whatever. a French maid's outfit, I approve. Yeah, depending on what sassy Steffi. She kind of goes through gimmicks a little bit. Or what, she was teaming with Nevaeh at one point, and now she's back with uh, Mademoiselle Rochelle. Then Courtney Rush defeating Taylor Maid with the Scarwood Suplex. Which is pretty much uh, Olympic Slam, yeah. Then Four Corner Survival with Christina Von Eri coming out on top against Ryo Mizunami, Cherry Bomb debuting as well. And Calamity when, de- when she defeated Cherry Bomb with the 137. Or 138. Is it 137 or 138? 138, because it's a reference to Misfit song. Which she's uh, a big I, I fan thought it of. was like her own version of a 619. Nah. <laughs> oh, no, nah, would it be? I don't know what the area code is from, or at least where she's from in California, which I think is Sacramento, even though she's been billed as coming from Spook City, USA, which is yet to get another Misfits reference. And by 619, WWE don't copyright us. <laughs> How can they copyright an area code? Well, they have. That's all I'm saying. I'm leaving that there. <laughs> anyway, uh, we had Rio O'Reilly defeating Davina Rose. Oh, with feet on the ropes for leverage. Oh. A dirty Irish girl, her. Yeah, she's Northern Irish from Belfast, too. Oh, yet, yet more British talent. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> Looks a lot better with blonde hair, but... It's kind of more of a... Well, I shouldn't say like, British, I should say United Kingdom. United Kingdom, there you go. <laughs> the more correct term. But then again, this doesn't matter to me being an American song. Oh, well. <laughs> America, America, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we had Hiroyo Matsumoto defeating Melanie Cruz of a backdrop driver. She's known to drop people, ladies on their head. No, that's why they call her the Lady Destroyer. Usually with the backdrop driver. As she did to Melanie Cruz, which is going to be interesting considering Melanie Cruz is about six. I want to say she's my height exactly, or at least six feet. And Matsumoto is at probably about five, six, maybe. Oh, no, I'll have to pick up volume 50 for that. <laughs> volume at that, they're 50th volume. Then uh, Wrestling Goddess Athena defeating Tomoka Nagawa with the O face, but it is worth noting that before the match even started, Nakagawa did attack Athena. Trying oh. to get the upper hand, which failed. Especially if Athena could hit the O face, because if you've seen that move, it's a very interesting move to say the least. A diving, a, di- a diving, twisting stunner. Yeah. Then we had Kelly Skater defeating Yumi Oka. Yeah, Kelly Skater going on a roll here these past couple shimmers. At one In point, more ways than one. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, especially with the finisher to skate and destroy, getting the victory there. Uh, a Yoshi Dream match was the co-main event, I guess, for this show, with Ayoko Hamada defeating Kana. 
Oh, yes, this one. Yeah, that's definitely a Yoshi dream match to a lot of people. Kana, one of the most talked about Joshis in the past couple of years, and then Ayaka Hamada, who's a Joshi legend in her own right. <laughs> Wrestling royalty at that with her dad, uh, Grand Hamada, as a wrestler, and even her sister, who I can't pronounce the name, Zoltli, I think it is. My Spanish, not as good as Latinos, but oh well. Uh, the Hamada family there. Very popular. Ben Hamada getting the win with the AP Cross, which is, I believe, the Fishman Driver. She the Fishman Driver or the Samoan Driver. I f- forget which one's AP Cross and the AP Cross Diamond is one. And then we had the, the main event was the second ever Shim Viva series. I wonder where they got that idea from. I don't know. Can't think. Anyway. Yeah, disappointing. <laughs> It was cheerleader Melissa, Mischief, Regeneration X, which is Alison Danger, and Lever Bates, who was dressed as Marvin the Martian. <laughs> and I've seen it, the dress, and it's... Wow. I never thought Marvin the Martian could work as cosplay, but it does. Uh, and they also were with Lou Fisto, and they beat uh, Shimmer's champion, Soraya Knight, the tag team champions, the Canadian Ninjas... Porsche Perez and Nicole Matthews. And also on the team was Mercedes Martinez and Lexi Fife. Uh, I won't go through the, all the eliminations, but it it basically came down to two-on-two two at the end with Melissa and Mischief, um, Mercedes Martinez and Soraya. And Mischief took out Mercedes, followed by Melissa taking out Soraya, so... Melissa and Mischief are the survivors, if you want to call it like that. Yeah, Melissa, who was the, uh, I believe it was these two, is either, I think it was Melissa and Hamada in the, for, in the, in the original Survivor series when, because yeah, Melissa, this is her first, her second time as Soul Survivor, also getting the pin in, uh, in that match in the original one against the champion at that time to Madison Eagles, which is what would end up leading her to winning the Shimmer Championship that time. So can Lightning strike twice, twice here? Then, uh, we'll have to find out. <laughs> yeah. Then we go to the next night and Volume 51. We had Melanie Cruz defeat Santana Garrett with a sit-down Alabama Slam. Uh, Tafina Rose beating Cherry Bomb. Ooh, Tomoka Nakagawa defeating Vader Scott with the Fisherman Express. Which I was explaining earlier. About. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The three fishermen. This is the... I guess it's akin to Eddie Guerrero's... Uh, not, no, Chris... Was it? No. Angle, isn't it? Angle. Well, all of them used three suplex. Angle and Benoit used the three Germans. Guerrero did the three verticals. And so does Chavo now. They got Homicide does it at times. I remember Mercedes, I saw Mercedes Martinez do that. I uh, think Shine 4 and... Uh, Lenny Leonard referring to his three Amigas, so... Actually, a lot of people have used the three suplexes. Uh, then we had... Regeneration X, dressed as the Blues Brothers. Oh, yeah, also Kyle O'Reilly did with the Butterflies. But that's pretty badass, the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Uh, Regeneration X, defeating Maiden Sin. Winning with the Medusa Cascade, which is the Lovelace Choker and the Top Rope Double Stomp. 
Yeah, would, that's interesting because this would be the first time that either uh, Allison Kay or um, uh, Taylor Maid have been, uh, or at least as a tag team, have been beat since they joined up back at Shine One. So I'm guessing that probably means Regeneration X will probably get some sort of title shot for that. Oh, wait, I've looked further down at the results. <laughs> and yet again, we foreshadowed. We just foreshadowed the two title matches for the next show. Uh, we got Rhea O'Reilly defeating Casey Spinelli with the readjustment, which is basically a double arm DDT. We then had Lufisto defeat Rio Mizunami with the Burning Hammer. Chili and Melissa defeating Miss Natural with the Air Raid Crash. Ayoko Hamada on a roll again, defeating Portia Perez with the AP Cross. Courtney Rush defeating Mercedes Martinez with a roll-up. Oh, y- Yumi Oka defeating Nicole Matthews with a Tiger Suplex, so... Both Canadian, both members of the Canadian Ninjas lo- losing out in singles action this time. Oh, and, uh, considering how much people wanted to see Hamada versus Kana, I'm guessing it was pretty hyped up for this match as Kana defeated Athena with a cross arm breaker submission. Yeah, people would have. Yeah, Athena's been getting a name. In the indies as of late, she uh, she's still not necessarily. I'd say, yeah, she was one of the ones, kind of the up and coming females now that have really been getting a name. Like me and Yim, uh, Allison K has to an extent Havoc, even though she's really more of a top name uh. already <laughs> in relative comparison to the other ones I mentioned. So yeah, this one would have been a very interesting match. Not uh, on Kana Hamada. That's probably yeah. That one's gonna be that one might have been match of the weekend. Although I more than likely went to one of the matches at the next show. And then we for the main event of fifty one, we had a four way elimination match for the Shimmer title. We had Soraya Knight defending against Matsumoto, Miss Chief, and Kelly Skater. Miss Chief was eliminated first by a Matsumoto backdrop driver. Then Matsumoto was eliminated by Kelly Skater Skate and Destroy. And then it's that move again. Soraya got the win thanks to a submission from a surfboard. Wouldn't it be sexist to call it an ironing board? Yes, it would. Possibly. (laughs) Yeah, that was the whole point. This is just. I was just wondering if somebody was going to do that kind of thing and just really. They probably do that in Chikara to probably rub the women up the wrong way when they fight the men or something. Oh, they yeah, have before. I think. Uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, from last year at High Noon. I remember Jakob Hammermeyer at one point referring to Cyril Ray as the queen of the locker room. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's going to piss off most women, and let alone <laughs> have Cerdo Ray coming at you, yeah. Not yeah. Good. Not a good move, not a good move. But finally, for Shimmer, Volume 52, which started with a debut of another talent. It was Angelina Slane, but 
didn't uh, come out on top. She got beaten by Casey Spinelli. Then we had Miss Natural defeating Sue Young with the Natural Disaster, spinning Fisherman Suplex. Davina Rose defeating Rhea O'Reilly. And then Lou Karna, which, if you can't guess by the name, is Lou Fisto and Karna. They teamed up and beat Maiden Sin. So, back-to-back defeats for Kay and Maid. Yeah. Interesting interesting stuff there. Uh, Calamity defeating Sassy Steffi with the Calamityville Horror Driver. Then Mercedes Martinez defeating Shazza McKenzie with the Fisherman's Buster. And, oh great, more more tag teams with mixed up names. Kelly Skater and Tomoka Nagara taking on Miss Eerie, which is Mischief. Oh, misery. Oh, Misery is it called. Yeah. And Skater and Nakagawa, they have, oh, I forgot what they they have a name too. I forgot what their name is called now. But there's a name for that team. That is a new team with Skater replacing Nakagawa's older old partner, Daisy Hayes, who thinks now retired or pretty whatever. I, she's been MIA. So there's that. Um, they got the yeah, uh, Skater Nakagawa getting the win here. What apparent spitting of water. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Nakagawa known to spit water in many women's eyes, many yeah. competitors' eyes. Then we had Yumioka defeating Ryu Mizunami with the sit-out tree slam. And, ooh, Hiroyo Matsumoto defeating Courtney Rush with the backdrop driver. And then probably triple main event for 52. The tag titles on the line where the Canadian Ninjas defeated Regeneration X to retain the titles. But the genius thing was, it was the Canadian Ninjas versus Ninjas. Oh, yeah. Regeneration X dressed up as real ninjas. But they, they won with the funky cold Medina. Then we had... Ayoka Hamada defeating Athena with a top rope moonsault onto Athena's knee that got re-injured from it. Mm. Uh, the interesting move from this is that Athena challenged Hamada to a rematch at Shimmer 53, which is also the Shimmer show at WrestleCon. Which is April, isn't it? It's part of the WrestleMania yeah. festival. And Hamada accepted, so put that in your diaries for April. I don't know. Is it April 2nd or. Don't know off the bat myself either, but. But It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be at WrestleCon, so that should be interesting. And then. The main event was Soraya Knight defeating Cheerleader Melissa to retain the Shimmer title. But she nailed Melissa with the belt after Melissa got distracted by a fight going down between Miss Chief, the Canadian Ninjas, Rio O'Reilly, and Regeneration X. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, Chili de Melissa challenged Soraya Knight to a rematch 
for the Shima title at WrestleCon, except it did be in a 15-foot-high steel cage. So I think that means... I don't know if it's the first in women's history. No, because it can't be because of TNA. And WWE. Have WWE had a female cage match? Yeah. They've had, I think, two. I can't remember. I actually have. I don't remember actually seeing them. I know for a fact they've had two. I believe one was Lita Molly Holly. And I think Victoria Trish and Victoria Lita. But yeah, WWE's even had a female cage match. But, yeah, so... Certainly, it's And then considering we, I covered WSU doing a War Games match, which in technicality or whatever is a cage match but, also, too. Yeah, it's certainly, though, the first for Shimmer. Yeah. So, Shimmer history will be made. Will we see a new champion? I guess we'll have to wait until April. That's going to be genius. All those indie shows at WrestleMania, that's even more work for us. <laughs> but we shall prevail. And uh, get through it all. Uh, speaking of get through it all, see how uh, much we can get through here now. The Dragon Gate USA card from last week. We had. Uh, I don't know. I don't think we've got the matches that actually were the dark matches. So we can't tell you about ACH's dark match on the Saturday. Looks at, which is a shame but we started with the Fearless show last Friday where we started off with Johnny Gagano defeating Aida which we called that one yeah then the scene Caleb Connolly and Scott Reed defeating what's it, what are they called again Cannon and Sanchez uh, a DUF, Dirty Ugly Fucks. That's it, Dirty Ugly Fucks. I was trying to work out what the DUF stood for. I yeah, remember. that's what it stands for. Uh, I can't remember whether we called that right or not. We'll probably have to make a note of the ones for this time around so we can actually try and do some sort of tally. Then Sammy Callahan defeating Samurai Del Sol. Which I think I got right. And... You got wrong. I don't know. I don't remember. No. Oh, wait. Uh, Sammy Calhoun and Del Sol. Um, I think I said... I, for, no, I, I think remember. for that one you said Callahan. It's getting to yeah. later on. Yeah. Then we had the captain's match. And Rich Swan, Seymour and ACH beat Chuck Taylor, Drew Gulak and Orange Cassidy. Which did which did mean that Swan would get to face Chuck Taylor on the Sunday show. So I think we did we split that or we? Oh no, we both called it, but you were saying that Taylor was going to whip Swan anyway. Yeah, but I don't know whether that happened because I haven't got those results. I haven't got those results down because well, I wasn't, able, I wasn't able to catch it this weekend, but. Might be able that to catch this show soon. Yeah. Then we had John Davis defeating Akira Tazawa, which I think we both called. I think so. Then the number one contenders match for the tag titles. 
So the Definitely Saturday. did not call this one. No. no. I think I actually... I'm trying to think. Did I call it for Super... Well, anyway, uh, Ryu Sayato and Genki Horiguchi defeated the Super Smash Brothers. I can't remember whether I actually did call it the other way. Certainly, you were very Super Smash Brothers yes. going for it. So, certainly that was... I don't know whether I did that right or did that wrong, but I will just do a mini yay rather than a full yay. And then in the respect match, it was AR Fox coming out on top of Ricochet. Turn, believe it, yeah, I called that one. Yeah. Then the Uprising show from the Saturday, November 3rd. Fire Out and Jigsaw defeating the Dirty Ugly Fox. Um, I think I called it for DUF. I believe I did. I know, for, yeah, I think I called it for Fire Ant and Jigsaw because I thought they were a pretty high-flying, energetic combo and I thought they'd come out on top. So I think I, I got that one right. Uh, Akira Tozawa defeating Samurai Del Sol. Which I think we both called. Yeah. Then the Anything Goes match, John Davis beating Johnny Gagano. Which again, I'm not sure whether we called it, but considering you were saying John Davis is out for basically any kind of justice, because he's, he's getting the most momentum at the minute, it probably made sense for him to win. Yeah. Uh, then the Super Smash Brothers defeated Rich Swan and Ricochet. We, well, we called this even though we did not know. Yeah. We Either, called yeah, that whoever would lose... Whoever lost on the Friday would win on the Saturday, and whoever won on the Saturday would uh, lose on Sunday. Lose. And we, we, although we didn't get the combo combination of it right, we got the kind of gist of it right. <laughs> the well, that's that's kind of no, it's not spoilers because the events already happened. People yeah. want to see. And we had the Gentlemen's Club: Chuck Taylor, Drew Gulak, and Orange Cassidy defeating Cheesh in the scene. With Larry Davis and Trina Michaels, so Gentleman's Club coming out on top. I think, I think we picked the Gentleman's Club for that. Yeah. And then, the, yeah, this is the one that I'm pretty sure we were definitely opposite on. The two out of three falls match. El Generico and Callahan, and Callahan won. Yeah. I think I said Generico would win. Yeah, yeah I think you said Generico would win. So, I do. I get a proper yay. <laughs> I got that one right, but because I, I, I was, because I'm looking actually down it, and oh no, it, I, I didn't get it entirely right. That's all. That's all I'll say. But then, main event for that night, the open the United Gate title match, and Fox and uh, Fox. Oh. Shima and Fox. Yeah, Shima and Fox taking on and real Saito. Sorry, real Jimmy, real Jimmy Saito and Kiki Horiguchi. Ache J. Uh, J. May. That's a paperclip for another time to explain. Really <laughs> funny if you do know who Horiguchi is as a character, but kind of don't feel like it. Well, yeah, I can uh, I can explain it. Basically, Bad Blanky Forest and Dragon Gate. Though I forgot what their stable was exactly, but. It was Susu, yeah, Susumu Yokozuka and um, 
there was somebody else. I forgot who his partner was. They lost the match, and they were forced to make their name Jimmy, which in like Japanese means idiot. It's like slang for that. And so to joke with it, they played with it where everybody, the whole stable, did becoming Jimmy's, and it was real Jimmy Saito. Uh, Geeky Horiguchio, they call uh, H-A-G or Hagi, which is Japanese for bald because of the bald spot he has on his head. He has it. Jame, which sounds like Jimmy. <laughs> See, now I'm wondering whether our truth called Little Jimmy that on purpose. That would have been funny, but this was well before the Little Jimmy thing happened. Yeah, but I'm just wondering whether that's a kind of nod to New Japan. Or not New Japan. No, 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 no. My bad, bad. This happened well after. This happened... They just changed their names recently. Yeah, at the beginning of last year. Or at the end, beginning of last year. So yeah, this yeah I was yeah our little Jimmy way predated this. That didn't come till earlier last year. Yeah, I'm just just wondering whether whether it was our truth that came up with the little Jimmy because he was seeing what they were doing with uh, the whole Jimmy. I don't know. Um, nah, I don't think they... I get what you're trying to say, but I don't think they yeah. were... That it had any correlation to that in any sort of way. Although very coincidental, considering what our truth character is, especially... Yeah, that's that's, the th- that's what I was trying to get at. The yeah, yeah. Coincidence. Uh, then the final card does look interesting. The Freedom Fight Eye pay-per-view from last Sunday. Started off with John Davis defeating Aida, which I think we called because John yeah. Davis is on the momentum, as I said earlier. Then we have Papadon and Tony Nice defeating the scene. Yeah, nice getting the 450 splash on Conley for the victory. Uh, Eric Cannon defeating AC- ACH didn't win. Mm, Damn it. there. Thought he was, but Cannon getting the victory there with one uh, with a brainbuster. Then the Super Smash Brothers defeating Fire Ant and Jigsaw. Uno pinning Fire Ant after the Super Smash Brothers tag finisher fatality, which is um, player Uno holding the opponent in a gory special while um, player Dels or stupefied, depending on where it's at, comes off the top with a blockbuster like move. Oh, he didn't pull his heart out. No. That's a proper fatality, people. <laughs> Although there was, uh, I don't know which Shakara show, but there's a mass Super Smash Brothers had, I I think it was Icarus and Akuma, but I know Icarus was in and player, and they played the fatality, and then uh, player Uno hit his bubble, what was it called? The bubble bubble buster finisher he had, and then Mortal Kombat style, which is the only time they ever did it, but very funny clip that I'll probably look for right now to show you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then the no DQ match. Well, that that was that was an added stipulation. All I knew was yeah. it'd be a one-on-one match, but it turned out it was no DQ. And Rich Swan beat Chuck Taylor with the standing for fifty splash that he's very known for. No whipping. Yeah. Hopefully not, but there might have been. <laughs> then this is this is certainly one that's wrong on my picks. Sammy Callahan losing to Shima. Yeah, I picked this one. Shima beating Callahan. 
Actually, I'm pretty sure I did because I didn't. Yeah, so I remember for some reason if it was calling it. I decided with Callahan because I was still gutted about Fandango. Oh, or was it oh, yeah, Fandango? With the two O's. Well, no, because when it was when it was on SmackDown, it was Fandango with one O. And then did they show in the video it had two O's? I think. Well, no, the, the the Raw video had Fandango, apparently. Yeah. And the SmackDown one was Fandango. Well, then that one's a dark match, so that one's really not going to count. Well, no, not the dark I'm actually talking or, the video packages. Oh, the video package. Oh, oh okay, okay. My apparently, bad. they don't know how to spell Fandango or Fandango because they changed their minds. Yeah, that sounds kind of... If you want tickets, I can suggest a really good website. That happens to Paperclip. Paperclip clue is one of the two words I might have just mentioned. Anyway. Uh, penultimate match. El Generico and Samurai Del Sol beating Horiguchi and Saito. With Del Rey uh, getting... Uh, Del Rey, excuse me. Del, Del Rey. Well, she? she's here. <laughs> Del Sol pinning uh, Horiguchi with the Rising Sun, which is his in uh, springboarding, a uh, springboard inverted Rana. Ooh, that's that sounds painful. <laughs> yeah. And then the Fatal Four Way Elimination Match. So they open the Freedom Gate title. Gargano defending successfully against Akira Tozawa, AR Fox, and Ricochet. What, what was the situation with the eliminations, Randy? Ricochet eliminating Fox with a Texas clover hold, or that's how it says clover hold. I imagine Texas clover leaf. Yeah. A variation on it. Tozawa pinning Ricochet with the deadlift German suplex, and then Gargano making Tozawa tap out to the Gargano escape. That sounds. Sounds overall like a good show for me to try, probably try and catch up on. I'll probably enjoy. When Survivor Series is a letdown. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. So, yeah, we, as, as we mentioned at the start, we would probably talk more about that. But the fact is, over the next two weeks, there's a lot of shows which are probably... See, the problem is we've got to give attention to some shows and some to others. And... Yeah. The, obviously, we're trying to get an even balance of it, but I'm trying to think. I know we'll certainly probably touch more on Evolve when they come around. Just yeah. To give, just to give a fair show to the Dragon Gate Evolve. Well, for the most part, we don't have to worry too much depending on, like with DGSA and Evolve, since they're kind of like every other month or every month somewhat, or... I think it might be every month now since I think it's Evolve and then a DGUSA show after or the mm. next month. I think that's how they're doing it. But you have that or um, or in the case of, um, what was I going to say, what, um, uh, yeah, DGSA Evolve, uh, Shimmer, that's a big one because of, um, because they only tape every, I think three tapings a year or two tapings, they don't really don't do that many and they're only on volume 47 right now when they just filmed 52 although that issue has been explained in other interviews yeah and the, reason the fact why is they're not DVD. doing 
they're not doing because normally they do like four tapings a weekend, but due to the nature of the show that they're doing as part of WrestleCon, Shimmer Fifty Three is going to be on its own as part of the whole indie wrestling WrestleMania kind of tie-in. So that's going to be on its own, and I don't think they've got another taping until about is it June or July? Um, Shimmer. Yeah. Uh, be WrestleCon. No, but after that, 50, oh. 54 onwards. Um, I'd imagine they do them at WrestleCon. It would be all done there, unless they're only doing fifty three, because that's normally how they tape their shows. They're only doing fifty three, I believe, because obviously you've got five dollar wrestling and all that going on there as well. And yes, for those that you are interested, I probably will be interested in $5 wrestling. I think for that, WrestleMania weekend, we'll try and cover, over a two-week period, all the shows that happen on that. Because I'm still trying to remember who else there is. Obviously, Ring of Honor have got a show. CZW have, I think. Yeah. $5 wrestling have. (laughs) Uh, Oh, there we go. Volume 54 to 57 will be taped back in Berwyn, Illinois, the week after April 13th and 14th. Oh. And for some reason, by searching for Shimmer 54, I've now got an advert for hair dye on eBay. (laughs) So with that, I'm going to try and work out why the hell that's happened. But when we come back, it's Pickamania. Because we've got plenty of shows to go through. Randy's going to give his picks for what we currently have set as of recording for the TNA Turning Point card. God damn it, this show's there already? Yeah. Fucking monthly pay-per-views, dog. What the fuck? No. (laughs) (laughs) And then we've got CZW's uh, card for Night of Infamy, isn't it? Yeah, that card got... Yeah. That card got really stacked you know, quickly. The card, got, the card got turned to 11. And also... Well, it's funny I say 11, because it is Night of Infinity 11 as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Woot! That was, un, that was an unexpected time. And then also... The Shikara shows from this coming weekend... Or, yeah, this weekend where you are listening to us right now, probably. Or if you're listening to us after it, then this past weekend. Or if you're listening to us in a year's time, wow, you're you're um, you're either listening to us for some awards purpose, or <laughs> you are hardcore. I don't know what we call hardcore whole indie show fans. Um, dragons. <laughs> Oh no, we we'll come up with a name for that when we have. Well, we probably have a decent fan base. If we get a really hardcore we fan want people, base, we, we want more people emailing in order to have a proper fan base. Oh yeah, there's that yeah. too. We want that, that'll come in from you people. But that'll come in due time, hopefully. Yes, but yeah, it's Picarama time. Right after these messages for various shows, right here from. The SNS Radio Network. Out of control, I'm getting closer into the road. I 
Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, I, okay, I, wa- I caught SmackDown again. I caught, I, she- I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independency. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Dream of Fatigue. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W., and each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. TNA Impact Wrestling fan? Are you looking for a show that talks about TNA Wrestling? Then tune in to TNA Chat Live every Thursday night starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, as he reviews the latest episode of Impact Wrestling and takes your phone calls to get your thoughts on the state of TNA Wrestling. Are you ready to cross that line? On the SNS Radio Network. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. JJ His charm is so contagious, vaccines have been created for it. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him, the way lightning precedes thunder. He is... The most interesting man in the world. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library. And it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. 
The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. JJ He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. show with both us crazy indie fans Randy and Ashley trust me with the fact that Shikara's got an iPay-per-view coming up next month I am going shit crazy yeah it's gonna be really good there although all if it wasn't for the fact of the date I'm probably gonna be doing something I might not see it that day okay Kind of possibly puts. Oh, well, no, that kind of could have ruined my plan, but I've got a backup in probably something that's happening later that month as well. All right. Uh, hopefully that was it. got slightly an idea of what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. But anyway, well, first, yeah, picks time, and as ever. There's no point in me giving my picks for TNA because I've already done that for the open book. So it's time for Randy to give his picks for the card as it stands of recording. And we'll start off with the why is this happening match with Devon versus Kurt Angle. Uh, yeah, why is this match happening? Should it be Devon and Bully Ray? Considering that's the feud that you're running right now, or at least singles-wise with them, but oh well. Anyway, I think that, damn, now we know, now the big thing coming with Aces and Eights out, the thing we've always known but know for sure is that Luke Gallows is a member of Turning Point, although I pretty sure that's not what his name is of course i don't really care due to certain reasons anyway devon and kurt angle you know what i'll say devon i don't know why i think maybe devon gets a win here seems a bit lofty especially gets kurt angle but let me go devon okay then a no dq match for the tv title magnus versus samoa joe Ooh, this could be an interesting match here. One that I'm wondering if do you, does Samoa Joe continue with a long reign? Although this would benefit Magnus winning the belt if it was no disqualification. Not that he couldn't beat Samoa Joe one on one. Although I think it would. It seems like booking wise, it would make more sense for Magnus to win. 
So I'm going to say Magnus. Magnus probably gets assistance from somebody. Yeah. That's that's all that's all I'm saying. Now, this is probably the most interesting match on the card. Or no. Well, that's a bit unfair. The free way to determine the number one contender for the world title. Yes, this is a big one. Because it's almost it's the weird thing with having number one contenders matches because in a way they kind of they pretty much influence what your world heavyweight title main event will be more often than not. Well, it it, it obviously has the added twist, doesn't it? Yes. The the it's, interesting. Yeah. It is AJ versus James Storm versus well AJ Styles I should say, not AJ from WWE. Because apparently Mr. Styles had to make that clear on last week's Impact. Dear Lord. But anyway, AJ Styles versus. I haven't James heard Storm that versus, line. Probably a good thing I didn't. AJ Styles versus James Storm versus Bobby Roode. The person that wins gets the number one contendership. I'm guessing for final resolution. The loser and the person that gets pinned or. Well, they say pinned, so that pretty much is telling you there isn't going to be a submission victory. <laughs> Considering, yeah, the only only one of them really has a submission finisher, and he used that really sparingly. Actually, had quite a few finishers, about three, if you want to look at it. But, but um, yeah. the person that loses and will not get a title shot until next year's Bound for Glory. Yeah, that's a very interesting stipulation there. Considering all three men involved, with AJ Styles having won the Grand Slam title a gazillion times in TNA, actually only twice. I think he's done yeah twice or three times. They did yeah. it twice. Or was it? Oh well, it doesn't matter. He's done like I said a gazillion times. Uh, James Storm, who's been constantly on the hunt for the world title has yet to regain it back since actually beating Kurt Angle for the title and then losing it just a mere two weeks later. And then Bobby Roode, who is your current longest reigning world heavyweight title, dethroning AJ Styles' record at the time. Which kind of leads me to believe that he's the one that's going to get pinned. Although... I don't know, I'm trying to wonder who this would favor, especially with the world title. Because I kind of don't want to give my pick away, but do you see Hardy Styles? Which hasn't really been done. It's been done before, but I don't remember it really happening. Other than the debut match, they teamed up a lot, but I don't think they, they kind of saved that one a little bit. Although had uh, Rob Van Dam not came in, that probably would have been who beat AJ for the title. <laughs> then Jeff Hardy, James Storm, which would be interesting. Jeff Hardy, Bobby Roode, which kind of leads to... Ooh. That's what I'm wondering. I want to say Bobby Roode's the one getting pinned, but I almost see him getting the next title shot. But I kind of see AJ Styles getting it, too, so... Um, damn. Who wins uh, and who's pinned? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. So I'm thinking, do they continue on with Rude and Storm, even though that's pretty much done? 
or like that would be Root's final vengeance on him getting Storm. Um, shit. I'm gonna say, and then AJ is kind of like a non-factor. I'm gonna see style. I'm gonna say Rude Pinstorm. Okay. That was a lot lengthy deliberation. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was really actually having to think this out a bit that because I didn't want to give away what my other pick would be, even though. Okay. Yeah. Just thinking, Aries, Aries Styles would be interesting. Aries Storm, they did on the impact, but not pay per view. Then Aries Rude, we know, can be awesome and has already been done. So, next up, the World Tag Team Champions of the World, who aren't now the Tag Team Champions. Daniels and Kazarian trying to regain their belts from Chavo and Hernandez. Yes, the former World Tag Team Champions of the World, uh, Daniels and Kazarian. I felt like saying Kazarian, but Kazarian. Um, they're back on the hunt to try to get back their belts, but Chavo and Girl and Hernandez are trying to say no to that. I know I'm trying to analyze this like <laughs> on the impact pay-per-view. Um, I'm going to say the Mexicans went. Yes. Just say it like that. The Mexicans went. <laughs> no, Chavo Guerrero. America version 74. Yes. Instead of Cholo Guerrero, you have Chavo Guerrero. Because that's yeah. what Anarchy pretty much was. Cholo Guerrero. He looked <laughs> like Chavo. He, well, he sounded a bit like him. He sucked about well. Eh, Chavo was better than Arakia. <laughs> he sounded like an OV ta- OVW talent. Oh wait, he was. <laughs> and finally, the ladder match the for the TNA World Title. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, oh, ladder, this- yes, ladder match: Aries versus Hardy. Um, Keynote: Hardy's on the poster. Yeah. For next month's pay per view, that too. As much as I would want Aries to regain it, I don't think you really want to hot shot the title just to put it back on him. Which I think he worked well. He was a good champion. He probably still had a lot more in him. But I think that he one may be better suited as a heel, even though he's still a good face. He. <laughs> He was still kind of the same guy. It's just the fans started to like him. Or he was going up against guys fans hate it more than him, if you kind of think about it that way, too. But, um... Uh, yeah, to say Hardy, yeah. Uh, that, that's why I did try to give away too much with the ladder, which I should have probably just given away two picks and one there with that. But, yeah, Jeff Hardy goes on to retain... Right, Plus, so, Aries is involved with Aces and Eights, which I highly, 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 highly doubt. One I'll just put out there, even though it's currently not scheduled as as uh, we're taping. The Knockouts title with Tara taking on ODB. Apparently, that's probably what will be the proposed match or what will happen. Now, of course, recording issues prevent us from doing that in the future or us being live, but um, I'm going to say Terror retains whoever she does have to face, whether it be ODB as we're saying, or somebody else, possibly Miss Tess Mock, or who knows, Velvet Sky comes back. That'd be funny, I predict. 
things about this guy coming back. Oh, God. <laughs> or, hey, so, just give it to Taylor Hendricks. I don't know. Nah, she won't. <laughs> That's if she'll even appear on TV. Hey, another match that probably I could see maybe Joey Ryan RVD. Mm-hmm. Possibly. There's that. And I'll just say R. Uh, I'll just say RVD as much as I'd probably want Ryan, just in case that picks there. But that's my picks for that. But I can pick on four down anyway, which will matter more to the SNS Radio Network yeah. at large. Then uh, let's jump from uh, TNA over to something a little more extreme, CZW, which I'll give a quick mention again. Uh, that this weekend they're also having the tribute to d- the brain damage uh, in the afternoon before the show. With I'm just having a look confirmed: Danny Havoc, Matt Tremont, Joker, Toby Klein, Sammy Callahan, DJ Hyde, Masada, Lucky Thirteen, Greg Excellent, Rich Swan, and many more. And then, it, then after that in the evening will be Night of Infamy 11. So let's go through this. The card that we've got set up so far, starting off with Greg Excellent versus Kimberly. Yes, the Greg Excellent, who's kind of really been all over the place in ZZW in 2012. Of course, starting off the year as the one-night owner at the last ever show at the arena an excellent adventure. One night owner, he got to run the show. It was a one night owner. Just got to run the show. And also, hand giving his wishes out to Matt Tremont, helping Tremont get his, finally get a win against DJ High, but sadly, that being his last wish, meaning Tremont, or, excuse me, excellent, couldn't get him fired, or hired back. Mm. Which leaves Matt Tremont fired, as we are in this case. He was also, he was, um, he also had, to, uh, ha- fought up against Dave Crist a couple times. Uh, of course, him and uh, uh, Jake Crist, before he turned and joined his brother, had teamed up in a match against Crist and Hyde. Also, got beat down by just recently at Cerebral with the reformation of Blackout with Ruckus, G's, and Robbie Moreno, three of the four members back with the only other member, the only other original member being Joker, who's recently retired. And um, he's also been involved with, of course, me again being a big thing with the aerial assault match. And they also had a match at an excellent adventure too, tag teamed and Mia Yim's last match, and he's had he doesn't necessarily he isn't necessarily a fan of the comp, uh, the Gulak campaign for a better combat zone, which Kimberly is a part of. Now, given Greg Exit has as far the two and one record, yeah, two and one record against women in ZZW, I give the edge to um, Greg Excellent. unless Gulak comes in. That that'd be the only thing I can I, see since Tafiga's out. The- in my opinion, the campaign is probably going to somehow interfere, which means Kimberly will win. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I'm think. I wanted to say Lee, but I was thinking only really Gulak can interfere. Not that he couldn't do anything. Probably a weapon he would get because everybody else is literally out. Tofiga broke his leg. Alexander James broke his neck. I think Dewey Donovan even like broke his arm. 
So they're literally like the only two. Oh, wait, they have um, their line with Four Loco, too. I'll still go with Excellent, but I wouldn't be surprised if Lee does end up winning due to that. Yeah. Uh, then we've got AR Fox hoping and hosting an open invitational for the CZW World title. So he'll be defending against Rich Swan, Shane Strickland, and Lucky 13. This can be an interesting match. Four interesting high flyers. Lucky 13, who's kind of known, who's kind of interesting hybrid to me. He's known for his high flying and still has continued to use that, but also getting known as a late for his ultraviolet work, especially as a part of cult fiction, which the late brain damage was also part of how they teamed at Cage of Death. And we're part of the big cult fiction Suicide King storyline, or who are now, weirdly enough, now Lucky 13 in the group that they eventually fought the nation of intoxication because they changed the name from suicide Kings to that. So yeah, <laughs> just a little <laughs> good paper clip there for that too, to tie in everything we've talked about with ZZW, uh, Shane Strickland, who's gotten the better of Rich Swan in their matches as of late, very interesting high flyer to say the least kind of bland, but pretty good talent. And the Ritz Swan, who we've seen before, of course, Ronan Baby, very charismatic character there, who's um, had a bit of an interesting, kind of in the middle somewhat, not kind of a face, but still, or he was kind of heelish towards Strickland. And then, I know it's kind of weird because the fans, they don't necessarily hate Strickland, but they like Swan. And they, you know, they kind of whatever with Strickland, so. Hmm. So I'm, 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 for this, I'm going to say AR Fox retains. Yeah, yeah, same here. And then yeah, because Swan and Strickland have their thing. Although it would be interesting seeing one of them winning, because I'd see them before Lucky does. But I, yeah, I, I don't think AR Fox is going to lose it on his. I think this would be his first defense. It'd either be first or no, actually a second. Yeah, because the latter. Yeah, match. second. I was going to say, I hope he doesn't lose on his first defense again, which he did when he originally won the wire title, which is a weird, another kind of extended paper clip here. He beat Drew Gulak last year at, I forgot what the show was, I think it was Proving Ground, defeating Drew's record, who held it, I think, for, four, he held the belt for a long time, but think about 14 months or so. Held it just as long as Cole held the junior heavyweight title. And in his first defense, he loses it to none other than Jake Crist. And who's the guy that AR Fox beats to win back the wire title? His brother, Dave Crist. Yeah. All going full circle for him. So then, I'm going to quick look. Next up, the ultra violent rules match. So for those of you with nervous disposition, don't watch this match. Alex Colon versus Danny Havoc. Um, yeah, this one's going to be interesting. The feud between four local and nation of intoxication with Israel and Bandito Jr. Regaining the tag titles back from the nation of intoxication and actually pinning Havoc in the process and now and just for loco being a thorn in the NOI side for a long time now and I see the NOI getting a measure of revenge here for losing the belts and I see Danny Havoc uh, beating Cologne even though Cologne has done fairly well against uh, 
Devin Moore and Lucky 13, even Devin Moore back at Redemption and Devin Moore's environment, kind of ultra-violent, ultra-violent yeah. environment. I don't well, know why I was trying to say the Jovovich movie. Especially with the fact that nobody is going to be involved in any other matches, it seems, within the Nation of Intoxication. I can see a lot of them possibly helping Havoc to win. Because I'm guessing with ultra-violent rules, there's no DQ. <laughs> Yeah. So that's why I think Havoc's probably going to win. The reason why I talk about the Nation of Intoxication situation is because the tag titles are on the line. Azrael's and Bandido Jr.'s first defense. But it's against any tag team who isn't involved within the Nation of Intoxication. Which, which just makes me wonder Black G's. That would be interesting. Blackout, yeah. Blackout, yeah. Which uh, that's why I'm wondering too if it is blackout. Considering blackout would be heel now, and for local is heel now, and they s- settled the shit with um, or what was I? I think Cologne and Ruckus had the match very recently over that issue. So I could see that now the Nation of Intoxication members. For those of you that don't know, are Danny Havoc, Devin Moore, Lucky Thirteen, and. If they do end up playing upon it, although I don't think he's wrestled since then, or he might have has it for ZZW Scotty Vortex. And those are pretty much yeah. the guys there. So it can be, it can range from anybody. And what sucks is, and I was reading an article on ZZW Wrestling.car where G's in character was saying this, although it's true. Once when, uh, when Ezra and Bandito beat, um, beat uh, uh, Philly's Most Wanted back at Night of Infamy last year, the tag division just kind of went away. Not that there necessarily was one, but when Philly's Most Wanted had it, it was like a lot of teams just coming in and out, not just... And then when Ezra and Bandito had it, it, they really just fought either... They fought the set once, and then they kind of were gone quickly. And then it was mainly between the Runaways and Blackout at the time, um, Alex Cologne and Ruckus. And then we all know what happened. Both teams are now broken up, and now you have really the Nation of Intoxication, um, um, For Loco, to an extent, the Campaign for a Combat Zone, who they have. Actually, you do have OI for K now as a tag team. Apparently, Swan and ACH. If ACH makes more appearances, who knows? Maybe Swan and Strickland get over their differences and team up. In a way, it's starting to kind of come back up. And then you have Blackout, which is who would that be interesting if you do, if they, if that was the team, think about it now, coming full circle from a year before. But I see Israel Bandito holding on to the belts. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a retention for the for the ta- for the Azra and Bandida. Now, next up, it isn't a match, but it's probably worth mentioning. Adam Cole will be at the show and probably cutting a promo. This is going to be interesting. Adam Cole has not shown up in CZW for a while now. It's probably been a little he's bit been busy in Ring of Honor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just the main thing, which is kind of odd too. Which yeah, that's what I'm wondering if it's because of that. Because even me and Yim was still showing up, even though she really... I think she had wrestled, like, one... Yeah, she had the one match against Del Rey. 
and she was just really being a valet. So now I'm just wondering now whether any Ring of Honor teams could be involved. For the oh yeah, uh, oh but oh, don't they have a match already? The Briscoes. No, is, but I'm thinking any other tag teams. Possibly, yeah. Because there is a heavy Ring of Honor influence to this show happening this weekend for CCW. Starting not just with Adam Cole being there, but... Sorry, but to spoil it, but yeah, they're back. Well, it ain't like they haven't been in CCW. Yeah, the Briscoes are back in CCW taking on... Well, it's the Briscoe brothers taking on the Crist brothers, Jake and Dave. Ooh, this one is. Yeah, this one of two kind of big Ring of Honor themed announcements for this show. Briscoe Brothers, who haven't made an appearance since they lost the belt, since they lost the ZZW tag belts back at... Oh, I forgot what show it was. It was after the match they had with the Nigerian Nightmares, and then Jeez uh, and Joker came in to scrape up the bones, challenging them to match, because uh, how the Briscoes are like, we'll take a fight anytime, using that to their advantage to win. Um, and then you have, yeah, Irish Airborne versus the Briscoes, or, well, OI for K in this case. And, yeah, I'm wondering who you, because the Briscoes are pretty well known in ZZW, too, so this isn't necessarily how, say, with the, I'll mention it later when I, when we get to it, uh, when we get to the world title match, but, yeah, the Briscoes have, they wrestled in ZZW before they were in ROH, because ZZW, if you don't know, Paperclip has been around longer than ROH by at least yeah, three years. They started back in '99. Hell, they were around when ECW was still around. Yeah, put it like yeah, put it like that. They were still around when ECW was around, and the Briscoes were there very early on when they started, and they started at a very young age. They're only in their late twenties, and they started when they were like fifteen, sixteen years old. Who remembers back in two thousand? <laughs> oh, there was that too. XPW on the West Coast. Then ZZW would have been, I think, yeah, up just a little north of. I don't know where exactly they were operating. I think it was Philly, too, as well. But either way, um, Briscoes have a tenure here. Oh, I for K is kind of your top team now, although not the champions, but pretty high caliber in terms of what's going on in ZZW. I can see them maybe getting the belt soon. But yeah, I'm going to say Oh, I for. Ooh, do I want? You know what? I'm gonna go for the Briscoes. Even though this would benefit OI for K more, and I'm probably gonna be wrong for it either way. I'm gonna still say the Briscoes. I think I'm. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say the Briscoes will probably win it as well, mainly because I don't think too many Ring of Honor talents are gonna get the victory. Speaking of mm-hmm. main event, which is the Masada Open Challenge Series. Which I think started a few months back because he took on Generico, didn't he? Generico was one of them, yeah. Michael Elgin was the first person back at, or I think the first one back at Cinco de Mayo, or one of the first, really. And then there was also, last month we had Necro Butcher. Yeah. I think Joker might have been one, or at least, yeah, but Masada's been pretty much issuing open challenges. I think Joe was supposed to be one, but then obviously pulled out due to the end. Well, he did have them. They did have a match, and then they were going to have a rematch. Or at least there was. Oh, yeah, they were going to have the rematch, but it got, like, called off because Joker got uh, suspended, apparently. Well, yeah, that was the storyline, or 
and then he ended up retiring. I don't know if that. But yeah, I'm guessing this is for the title, isn't it? Yes, it is. Because it doesn't say on my notes here, but Masada's going to be taking on some guy that you might have heard of, especially that promotion that got screwed by him in the UK. <laughs> or the promotions here, that guy. Oh, that reminds me of something that <laughs> while I was watching Battle of Los Angeles for night one, there was the Kyle O'Reilly and Eddie Edwards match, and some and during a pause in the match, one of the fans shouts at O'Reilly, O'Reilly steals from promoters. <laughs> no, I, I think the guy we're talking about does more than that because well, we talked about enough about that last week. Yeah. But yeah, it's Masada versus Davy Richards. Wait, what? Yes, we said it here, folks. Two of the hardest hitting wrestlers in the Indies today. And Masada hard hitting with weapons and with his fists. <laughs> Against Davy Richards, probably easily one of the hardest kickers in. That's not a Japanese wrestler. Or the hell in general, just a hard kicker and a hard striker known for. Of course, Davy Richards' reputation precedes him, the good and the bad. And then Masada has been having a run as the CZW World Champion. He's been having a run for about a good year now, going on into his second year, kind of. I'm just wondering if Davy wins, does he never come back with the belt and hold it hostage like he did? <laughs> oh, no, that was last week, sorry. <laughs> There's going to be some stiff jobs, though. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Masada retains. Yeah, I'm gonna say Masada retains. Masada's going to drop the belt to somebody at Cage of Death, I think. Yeah. Possibly, possibly if somehow he can make it back in, Matt Tremont. That'd be interesting. I think I can see something like that, or certainly it's going to be something which involves the main event being Masada versus opponent in Cage of Death. Yeah, because is isn't it only the main event that's Cage of Death? For uh, yeah, just the main event yeah. of the show is the Cage of Death match, whatever type of match it is. But, yeah, that's that's the CDW stuff this week. And then, not only that this weekend, but we've also got the penultimate... Well, no, the last full weekend of shows. This is for Chicago, isn't it? Because the last two shows they've got are just Sunday shows. Yeah. Um, the 18th and the 18th of November and the 2nd of December. So this Saturday we have Zelda the Great in Chicago, and the card we got here we got uh, starting off with Soldier Out and Deviant taking on Fist, which is going to be comprised of Johnny Gargano and Chuck Taylor. Mm. Uh, for that one, I'm probably gonna say fist or win that because I still think Deviant and Soldier Ant aren't going to get on Chicago Metrics yeah I don't see them 
really clicking either, or really haven't at that, at, or at all. So yeah, Fist gets the victory here. Uh, the next up, the six-man tag, the Colony, Firant Green Ant and the Salan, taking on the Bravados and Jimmy Jacobs. This is an interesting match here. Jimmy Jacobs, who has made appearances, I know, in early Chikara, because I've seen some where he has, especially he was at the 2003 Tag World Grand Prix and uh, the Young Lions Cup, too, back in 2004. So I'd say, um, I'm going to say Jacobs and the Bravados. Yet again, the Chikarver metrics are not working for this colony team, even though he's trying to work with them, but they want, or they kind of, it's, that one's a bit more clear than the other ones have been, or it doesn't seem, well, yeah, 3.0 Akuma is the one that's worked the best, but that one, it's kind of worked, even though they really don't want anything to do with him, even though he'll still... Oh, no, it's kind of... The way I'm looking at it, I think Jimmy Jacobs and the Bravados will win, because then it adds momentum to next week's Cibernetico Rises. Yeah. So I'm going to say Jacobs and the Bravados will win it. Uh, next up, ooh, El Generico versus The Shard. It's interesting here. The Shard's kind of really broken out. Kind of the really the only one that's really done something out of the Gekko, if anything. The others who aren't out <laughs> also too. Kind of really, he's kind of done the better, had the better matches against people. And you got El Generico here, who's El fucking Generico. So what else can I say about El Generico? El Generico, I'll say El Generico gets a victory though. Yeah, I'm this, gonna, regardless of my brief description, I'm going to pick Generico as well. I think. Uh, next up, the four-way elimination tag team match. So, for that reason, there is the possibility of three points being won here. I think, isn't there? Yes, there is. So it's going to be the throwback, Stasha Hatfield and Mister Touchdown, taking on Fist, comprising of Icarus and Sugar Dunkerton, and the other two members. Versus 3.0. Versus, and this is the brilliant one, the mysterious and handsome stranger and Sapphire. And remember, Sapphire is a pigeon. Or some sort of bird. Although, as I mentioned last week, Sapphire did write a blog in which the first line that it used was the word peck. Which may or may, you know, we... I, I have no clue who the mysterious and handsome stranger is. <laughs> I have no just, clue. Yeah. He's very mysterious. But I'm thinking... See, the way they're doing it is... They've basically... Icarus is trying to prove to... I think he called him Sugar Lunkerton or something. In the blog. Basically saying how... Fist, fist does it, and I'm just wondering. I don't know, whether it, they get three points or not. I don't know, but I think the throwbacks are going. The throwbacks have already got their deal with the mysterious and handsome stranger. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not pulling back curtains or taking off masks. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm just thinking Sugar Dunkerton could get the win for Fist. 
as if to kind of, and Icarus will still be pissed at him. Yeah, I can see that. Like, it wasn't you supposed to win, it was me. So, I think, I, I'm wondering if this might win there again, but I won't be surprised if it was 3.0 either. If it's either of the other two, that would be surprising. Yeah. Especially if the pigeon wins. <clears throat> What's your I'm going to say yeah, Icarus and Dunkerton, they're the ones with really something leading into it that I can, that I see something happening out of it, or just the four-way... I don't know, yeah, but the same as you pretty much stated, Anchorage and Dunkerton yeah. is why I feel the one. Then we've got uh, Granakuma versus Tim Don. So yeah, another match which kind of hints towards uh, Cibernetica. Yeah. Because they're both on the same side. And I'm just thinking... I think Akuma could win on DQ because Donce will just lose it. Possibly. And probably just go to camera and go, this This is for you, Eddie. Because I've, I've got a feeling they're trying to build towards the the last pay-per-view. It's going to be Donst versus Kingston. Two point B. All right. Would it be surprised if that's what it is? But we'll see when that happens. But you'll pick for Akuma and Donst? I'm going to say Donst gets the win. Okay. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking there could be DQ involved, just yeah. to piss off the fans. But then Dance really doesn't care about the fans in his current uh, heel gimmick. So yeah. Ooh, next, next up, six man tag: the Batiri, Cobold, Oberian, and Kadama taking on the Soul Touchers, Acid Jazz, Marsh, Rocket, and Willie Richardson. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to this match, the return of the Soul Touches, who have been gone for Chikara for quite a while now. I believe it, their last appearance was when they were in Chicago around this time last year. Was it around that? Yeah, I think it was around this time last year. Yeah, around early November or October. And so I'm going to say, yeah, it was October for the bullet, uh, case of the Bulletproof Waldo. Um... Although I would like to see the Soul Touches win, I kind of see... You know what? Yeah, I'll see the Soul Touches get the win here. The hometown boys get the win. Yeah, I'm gonna, uh, yeah I'll probably see the Soul Touches as well. Mainly because I don't know who they are. I should do that, admittedly. Yeah, well, yeah, they haven't appeared in Shikara. They haven't done a lot, so I'm not aware. And they have it. Well, they're, they've appeared in their... Uh, they haven't appeared like a lot, a lot, but they're not. They haven't been that regular to where you probably remember them, even if you did yeah. like some older stuff. So yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, since you barely like started, yeah, you probably won't really remember them. Might have seen a clip or two, but yeah. That's... Okay, now ooh, the the rematch from Milwaukee, I think, because it was featured on Shoot the podcast from- Go Go. Yeah, from Shooter Cricket Arrow back in Milwaukee. Mike, Mike Quackenbush versus Colt Cabana. Who won that one the first time around? Was it Cabana? It was Quackenbush. Okay. So, Cabana's got the hometown advantage. 
Yeah. And I'm just thinking they could give it to Colt. And then possibly have like a a finale match at the paper, at the eye pay per view. Yeah. Because I'd like to see that match on eye pay per view. It would be an interesting one for the eye pay per view. But I'll say, even if that does go that way, I'll say Cabana. Yeah. And then the main event of Zelda the Great, the Campeones de Parejas. Uh, on and the two out of three falls as it always is when the title's on the line with the Young Bucks defending against the arguably the team on the roll the trio's champion or two of the three of the trio's champions the Spectral Envoy, Hallow Wicked and Ultra Mantis Black <clears throat> oh man I honestly don't know with this one Young Bucks who held the belts for a little while now since uh, June back at Chikarsaurus Rex. And have defended about, I believe, two or three times now since then. I know once against the throwbacks. Yeah, this is one that rings a bell, and I believe one at the October shows. So now you have the Spectral Envoy with three points, and of course on that huge roll, as you mentioned, of course from winning king of trios I I'm not maybe this I'm gonna say we see another two time champion as hollow wicked becomes um, wins the campeones again this time with Ultramantis black I can see the title change going down here alright my pick is spectral envoy win just to give just to counter the fact that the Bravados and Jacobs win earlier in the night. So then you've got even more rivalries between uh, Team Kingston and Team Steen yeah. heading into next week. And also because, well, I just think now you can have the Spectral Envoy have their feud go on with the Bateri now and make that probably the big tag team feud of 2013 yeah because as Delirious put in one of his previous blogs Doom I think he said Doomsday comes in 2014 yeah so in essence we know that the feud between the Gekidao and Chikara is going to go on for at least another year uh, the, you mean Delirious sent uh, the Dark Art? I don't know what the name for it exactly is, but is it Gekido? Uh, no, the Gekido is seventeen. The Shard and the Fake Ants, or the, oh, okay. the Swarm. De, no, the Delirious. Yeah, Delirious's Dark Army is, of course, to remind those at home of and the Batiri. I'm just wondering if it's like a, he's going to get a combination of the two because arguably both are trying to bring down Shikara. Possibly. They might have something to do with it. But is just, Delirious is just trying to take it out altogether, and arguably so are the Gekido by trying to get its creator or get one of its biggest stars, Quackenbush, and make make him kind of unstable. Which is, I think he's already unstable, given that he beats the crap out of everybody. Yeah. 
Which is now I'm worried for Colt Cabana. Mm. Just thinking about it, so we shall see about that. But anyway, the upcoming uh, ne- next night is a piece of the action from Cleveland, Ohio, starting off with Fist versus Fist. It's Sugar Dunkerton and Icarus taking on Chuck Taylor and Johnny Gagano. Now, this is interesting due to the fact that potentially, I don't know so much about Taylor Gargano. They may or may not have a point. I'm going to have to look that up right now. But you could see some of your next Campeones de Prejas um, challengers, either in the team of Taylor Gargano, who's won it twice before, or in... um, or an Icarus and Dunkerton, which it proved very interesting considering the dissension that's been going on. Well, they would have to be a group to be dissension, the lack of <laughs> cohesion in anything. Apparently, Soldier Ant and Deviant Fist from the Saturday points are in play for that. Yeah. So I've got a feeling Fist already... Yeah. If that's the case and Fist win on the Saturday, obviously they're going to have two points. Yeah. And if they get the three points, they get the chance at the tag, at the Campeones de Prejas. Yeah. Which I'm just wondering what will happen is Dunkerton will go and say, screw that, and him and Icarus will win, costing Taylor and Gargano their three points. Possibly. That's what I'm wondering, too. Do Taylor, because I'm looking right now, and as far as I know, Taylor and Gargano do not have any points at all. I think the last match they did tag team up, or at least tag team just those two, was back when they lost the belt. So I'm going to say, yeah, I can see Icarus and Dunkerton getting it, because this would lead, from what the potential situation is with the weekend, this could lead them to three points. Yeah, they uh, Taylor and Gargano have none at the point so at the time so I'm gonna say yeah, Chris Dunkerton. Oh, so it must be it must be points then for Fire Ant and Deviant. Um, yeah, well, there's points either way. It's just they have no points at the time. Gargano, okay. it's just any tag match. Yeah, pretty much. I'm just confused about point. the points being in play because that. Oh, they just put that in there to. Board. They just put that as the tagline or whatever, something yeah. for it. Yeah, that's uh, really... Anyway, no, next match, uh, Soldier Ant versus Jakob Hammermeyer. Um, it's interesting reading that that's the first time ever that's happened. So I know Green Ant and Jakob Hammermeyer had their issue, and I believe Fire Ant and Jakob had, but apparently not Soldier and Jakob. I would say Soldier Ant. Yeah, I'm going to say Soldier Ant because Jakob's got enough problems with his... Uh, so-called tag team partner. Yeah. But, anyway, the next one, the eight-man tag, the Atomico. Take it... Oh, this uh, this seems to have been... Oh, no, it's not... Well, it's a different Atomico to the one I was, I was that's coming up for the main event. Spectral Envoy, which is Hallow Wicked and Ultramantis Black, and the Colony, Fire Ant and Green Ant, taking on all four members of the Bateria, Aphidian, Kobold, Orbarian, and Kodama. So I'm guessing here the Bateria will win. 
probably due to shenanigans and whatever from Ophidian. Mm. The one thing that Ophidian has been teasing, though, is possibly unmasking or revealing his true purpose or something from what I've read from the blogs that they do on the Shikara site. Oh. So, I'll see if I can... You go on your thoughts on the matches. See if I can find it. And this is an eight-man tag. We have, as I mentioned, as he mentioned, Spectre Envoy Colony and Delirious's minions here. Which uh, Delirious, uh, Finian, and the Bateria have been well at, have been hot at the feet of Spectre Envoy, pretty much this whole year, or especially since. All the all the stars start to align with De- Delirious and on the head kissing. Yes, there was head. Well, if you saw, you already know. So I don't have to explain that. Either way, um, I think this match tends to favor Delirious's group more affidian than the Batiri. Even though, if my predictions are right, the Hollowicked and Ultramantis Black will be campeones de parejas by then. So, in that essence, I'm going to say that it's going to be Ophidian and the Batiri winning. Yeah, this is from October the 16th. Final form. The day of my final transformation is approaching. It's almost one year since Osiris changed the landscape of my world. I was given a set of orders that have been accomplished without fail. Sever, the souls of the Assyrian portal are mine. Resurrect, within the eyeless snakes, the catalyst allowed me to evolve. Ascend, since my battle with Jigsaw at the foggiest notion, I stand undefeated in singles bouts. Snake style, my strikes are fast and furious, I hit hard and with precision. It's only now that I'm ready for revelation, the day of my final transformation. What is under the hood, all will be revealed. Which just made me wonder, is he unmasking? I don't know. Possibly. Because of the way it's being described, I'm just wondering. He has been having these revelations. Of course, course he's had about three different masks since. Of course, his original mask and that yellow one he started wearing and then the one that we currently have now. Yeah. So, interesting stuff there. Also interesting, Dasher Hatfield versus Tim Donst. Yeah. I'm probably... Uh, this one, I'm, I'm probably say Donst is going to win this. Yeah, I see Donst winning this. Because Dash is obviously the face and was appalled by Donst's actions. If you listen to the commentary from Trio's Night 3 after what Donst did to Kingston on night two. So I'm going to say Donst or... They, they're trying to give Donst a bit of momentum heading into uh, probably the end of the year when he more than likely will get a title run. No. What's your thoughts? Um, yeah, I'm going to say Tim Donst here... It's been, or hold on, yeah, we're on the, my bad, on the, yeah, danced. Next one, ooh, next one, Quackenbush and Jigsaw versus the Shard and Deviant. 
you know, Quackenbush, who I believe, I don't know who he said is, I think he announced who his next victim was in a recent blog. But yeah, Quackenbush. Today, was, yeah. He wants to go for Deviant by the looks of it. Apparently, Deviant is the one that's about to be taken out by. Deviant last week did a blog saying, you know, tweet about my blog, tweet it out. And in the one that got put up earlier this week, Quackenbush has said, I want you to tweet me. I'm I'm contactable at Mike Quackenbush. Just tell me which you prefer, wrist or leg. I'll oblige you in Cleveland unless I get to the shard before I get to you. So basically, his plan is somebody's going to have their arm or their leg broken. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if it's going to be... Because if it's deviant, then that means... Doesn't that basically mean the colony are down a man? Because colony have been begging for the original colony to get back together and get rid of Chicago metrics. Because is is, yeah. is 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 Deviant part of? I'm trying to think, yeah, Deviant is no Deviant's part of the swarm still. Yeah. Because Soldier Ant's with him, so it's not the other. It's the other way around. So I'm still gonna. Uh, I'll say Quackenbush and Jigsaw win, but then Quackenbush does something crazy shit-wise to either Shard or Deviant, and Jigsaw gets even more pissed at Quackenbush. Um, or it I could see be the other way around. Yeah, I'm gonna say. I'm going to say the Sharded Deviant get the win here, either by Excessivo de Castigo or actually them just losing their interest, or not losing their interest, but Quackenbush and or Jigsaw being too focused on either Quackenbush trying to injure a Deviant or Jigsaw trying to prevent it, and they'll lose the match there, and then we probably still will have an injury either way. Quackenbush says, I don't care if that means losing a decision of having a match thrown out or being suspended from the roster. I'm sorry, Jigsaw, if there's a price to pay for protecting what we've built, I'll be the one to pay it. So, it's clearly anglings are probably towards a Quackenbush-Jigsaw feud. Yeah. But, anyway, I notice we're... Oh, we're running short of time, so quickly. <laughs> Young Lions Cup on the line, Mr. Touchdown versus Saturine. Um, I it'd be pretty cool to see Saturine first woman hold the Young Lions Cup, but ball's rolling with Mark Angelosetti at this point. So Mr. Touchdown scores again. I think yeah, I think touchdown, touchdown or touchdown or retain, and then for the homecoming king and queen, for some reason Veronica and the mysterious handsome stranger will be chosen, and then it'll be probably. Stranger getting the belt from a touchdown and then revealing all. That's all I'm saying. I'm not spoiling it. No. And finally, the 8-man Atomico 3.0, Granakuma and El Generico taking on the Young Bucks and the Bravado Brothers. So again, apart from Generico, this is billed towards... 
the following night, uh, or the following weekend, sorry, Atom, uh, Cybernetico Roses. Mm. Yeah, this one's going to be, as I say, more build-up to it. I, I was leaning towards 3.0 lay, but... I don't know, for some weird reason, I'm going to say Bucks and Bravados, especially if the Bucks do lose the belts at um, at uh, Zelda the Great show beforehand. Yeah, I'm going to I'm possible. I'm going to say that probably El Generico and 3.0 and Akuma will win. It will still be a good match. Yeah. So, I think with that... That is going to be all for us for this week for the whole indie show. Join us next week when we'll probably talk through the results of Shikara and... I'm tempted to say we could probably... Well, I was going to say we can review... Uh, we can review probably the CZW show. Um, well, no, it's not a live event, is it? So Which one? Night of Infamy? Yeah. It's a live event, uh, not an iPay per view. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a live event. Or, yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it's a live event. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't, yeah. There's not. I was trying to think. Oh, because I, I don't necessarily try to use that term, but yeah, that's pretty much the best way to say it. Even all though, I do know is picks wise next week. We're obviously the wrestling is fun show, and you'll have to pick for Survivor Series and Cibernetico. Yeah. Cibernetico as well, yeah. So, there's going to be a fair bit of picks to do next week as well. So, I'm just trying to work out now, try and te- give people info as to what we'll do next week, review wise. If I'm tempted to possibly go with, uh, possibly go with the Shine 4 card. And go with that, but anyway, we'll see. But yeah, with that, that's been all the stuff on the whole indie show. But make sure you catch all the other shows here on the SNS Radio Network live shows. We've got Wrestling News Live every Tuesday at 9 Eastern with JJ and Bronx hosting. Then Thursdays at 4 Eastern in the afternoon, you've got Hopefully running the ropes with Crelly and Mav on the on the network page. And then, if not, it will be, uh, as ever with all the live shows, they will be podcasted. But then later on Thursdays at 10.30 Eastern, you've got TNA Chat Live with Bronx Father. Then Fridays, you've got the open book with myself and Sean at 11 p.m. And this coming Sunday, and next Sunday, in fact, is Sunday Night Showdown. This Sunday coming is TNA's Turning Point. And next Sunday will be WWE Survivor Series with... I'm not sure who's on the shows, but I'm sure that JJ and the Shark will be on for the WWE shows. TNA's hopefully Bronx will be there. I'm, I'm hoping Shark as well, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. More more to be announced on the SNS Facebook page, no doubt. So keep an eye there. 
podcast-wise, Randy, we have, other than ourselves... Yeah, of course, other than ourselves, uh, we have The Hard Way, we have Beyond the Bell with Sean Berkman, still with WCW 101. I say still because the, they're already on Chapter 10 here with New World Order. This is going to go on for a while. <laughs> Not that it necessarily shouldn't, but yeah, you have that. You have the... Uh, Oh, I, I know I always want to mess it up now, but I got the fear of God for mind wipe on that. <laughs> the Elite Force podcast, that and the Weekend Edition, you can check that out. Mind wipe, Walkie, and the rest there. And you have pretty much us. Yeah, that's it. Security yeah. separating the ropes is now ascendant. So, yeah, got the hard way beyond the bell. Elite Force podcast, weekend, midweekend, weekend edition, and us. So, Randy, any last words? Um, not really. It's good show, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, so with that, song of the night, a little white stripes for those people that don't believe in healthcare. Anyway, this was Randy, this was Ashley, and this was your indie... No, this was your slice of indie goodness for this week. Still can't remember that. See you next week, people. Girl, you have no faith in medicine.
Wasman just rattled down the street. Regret nothing.